that, that's when I said, so what if it doesn't have a handle? Am I right, you guys? I mean, come <laughs> on, Joyce. <laughs> come on, Joyce. What kind of stupid bitch are you? <laughs> you guys agree with me, though, right? You yeah, totally see where I'm coming from. Oh, oh my God, Joyce. that's perfect. Oh, I know, oh, I know. I mean, God. Oh my God. Soxcast episode 57, all up in your grill. Welcome to the Soxcast, your substitute for toothpaste. I'm your host, Polly. Before we get into the actual show, we got we got we got to take care of some business up front. Mm. You guys know uh, time of the year it is. Everybody's so. favorite time of the year, right? Yeah, I think it's everybody's favorite time of year. It's Wednesday. Woo! Hooray for Wednesday! Chelsea could not be more stoked. Which is funny Wednesday. since these air on Sunday. Somewhere it's Recording Wednesday. Be but somewhere it's Wednesday, and if it's <laughs> Wednesday, if it's Wednesday, where you're at, I want you to shoot. A, I want you to shoot an at on Twitter to <laughs> Celestial Blade Zero, and say, "Hey Chelsea, it's Wednesday. I want you to do that for me. If it's Wednesday where you're at, do us a solid. Do us a solid. I but on Sundays all the time. Exactly. So we're <laughs> we're getting to the end of the year." You know what time it is. It is. It is. It is game of the year time, and we we do these things where we list games that we liked, and we talk yeah. about them, and we get emotional, and you can do that too, except in text form. So we want you <laughs> to send your top three games of the year, three, three. three. We want you to send your top three games of the year with very short re yeah, a very short description as to why you chose that. If you wrote a book, we're paring that shit down. Yeah, seriously. Yep. I hate to be a dick, but like it really drags when we have to get through like a eighteen novel. paragraphs and then Rhett yeah. just starts spontaneously laughing because <laughs> words are funny. <laughs> I went back and read that one. It's still funny to <laughs> it me. It still is pretty funny. So Get a list of the top three games you played this year. You need to get that get that compiled. You got until December 15th. We need those by the end of December 15th because we are recording those episodes on December 16th. So get us that. Send it to, send it to podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. And, you know, get your, get your list together. Get your description. Podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. Three games. Three short descriptions. You can do this. We have got faith in you. I, I think also, I do anyway. Also, um, also they can be from any year. Yes. whatever you played this year um, that you like. You that's can how I always approach. Yeah. That's how I always approach my game of the year list. If you played it in 2016, it's game. So it doesn't have mm. to be like, hey, I played all the new boring, dumb releases. Exactly. Watch Dogs Two. Can't wait. <laughs> to my immediate virtual right, he's honestly working on that list. I did actually start mine. Ours have to be 10, so it's a little trickier. I'm talking about the other list. What list? You know, that Gen 6 list. (laughs) The Gen 6 list, right? Oh, yeah, that's totally going to happen eventually, too. That is going to be happening, hopefully, the first week of January. And, as, 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 uh, 
sort of a compensation for the delay we were going to be doing um we were going to be updating each day also with podcasts where we discuss or shit on all the choices oh excellent i didn't know that that's a great that's great yeah well we just roped you into this one now Rhett knew about it but i didn't tell you about it because you would forget anyway (laughs) and you knew i'd be on board so Rhett, i like talking to y'all especially about video games Rhett, I want to talk to you about something, and I know that it's something that's kind yeah. of on. It's kind of on. Uh, it's it's at the forefront of everybody's mind lately. I, I would assume. Yeah, this I is what I talk, think we're going to start with. Yeah, I want to talk to you about uh, about that old election. Yeah. 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 I'm talking go? about the official Soxcast sex symbol <laughs> election. <laughs> How about that? Uh, are you are you I ready just... for the results, Rhett? <laughs> I'm ready. I just think, how can I stand against a boner? I know. That boner so, stands tall. <laughs> <laughs> but your dick stands bigger. So, our official Excellent. results are with 25 votes capturing 64%. So, this is decisive. Not 69%, damn. Damn, so close. Capturing 64% of the vote. 25 votes to 14. Rhett, congratulations. You have <gasps> granted a second term as the SoxCast sex symbol. I under- I understand that maybe uh, you might have prepared a victory speech for us. Oh, uh, yeah. This whole thing was rigged. I knew I was going to win. Uh, okay, let's do this here. <coughs> My fellow Sox friends, I won. Boner sucks. Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis. (laughs) Classy as ever. Congratulations, Rhett. And th- and since this is your second term, it is your last term. Oh no. Yeah. So in two years, oh, we'll I, be doing okay. this again. <laughs> yeah, I think I know the woman to succeed me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Just just send an at to at Celestial Blade Zero and say Happy Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You ready for a podcast, Rhett? Not really. Not really? (laughs) I'm just kidding. We're always ready to go. That's right. To my immediate virtual left. That's what ladies say about Rhett. To my immediate virtual left. Nothing's ever good enough for him. It's John Thayer. Hey. Hi. Hello. Me doing your right impersonation. (laughs) I'm just so above it all that I'm just so sad. You know. Yeah. There are a lot of things that you could be doing that are way better than this, probably. Mm-hmm. I get to drink tea and I'm naked under a blanket, so I'm feeling pretty cozy and good. Right, right, right. Either yeah. or. Either, either or. Um, I don't have anything about you being elected to anything. And in two years, you'll only be 14, so you'll still be on a, <laughs> you'll still be ineligible. <laughs> so that's unfortunate. Oh, get those rules tweaked a bit. In in two years, you'll still be 12. Damn, you're right. (laughs) After that witch's curse. Yeah. Just 
You make a deal with the witch, and you think, man, this is going to be the most awesome thing. Turns out, well, you might have enjoyed that sandwich, but you're 12 years old forever. <laughs> I don't know, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me, honestly. I was assuming it's more like some eternal life thing, where like, oh, I wish for eternal life when I was 12. Oh, now I'm 12 forever, eternally pubescent and angsty about it, but also not really able to, but also feeling horrible, <laughs> just forever. <laughs> And having the same kinds of bad opinions a 12-year-old would have. Oh, God. Oh, I always do that, yeah. Yeah. That's that is, never going to change. That's definitely... Even if I can get the curse lifted. Definitely. Sonic the Hedgehog 1 is good. Oh, God. By the way, is is someone naked if they're wearing underwear? Like, that's like a uh, weird, like... No, that's that's actually yeah. the very okay. opposite that's, of naked. We're, that on is the same, we're on the same page. We're on the same page then, but other people will say like, "Oh, it's a naked person." Oh, they're wearing underwear, and I'm just like, "That doesn't no." No genital, no foul. Thank you. With hashtag no genital, no foul. <laughs> so at at, at Celestial Blade Zero. Zero. <laughs> She's gonna fucking hate Can I us. Just... <laughs> so John Thayer. Yeah. Get us started. What the fuck have you been up to? What the fuck have I been up to? I've been watching a gay ice skating show that is made of pure joy. Oh, really? Gary Gary ice skating. Gary on ice. Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds a little difficult. (laughs) I mean, mean, there are are elements of sex that are super fun with ice. Yeah, I was about to say, you always love ice, Polly. But... But on a bed of ice? That, That doesn't sound the least bit pleasurable. Well, they need to, like do the scratch like they can't be like after a bunch of ice skaters have been on it because then it'd be like out scratchy and miserable yeah you'd have to like get cleaned up beforehand it's still fucking cold yeah but that's part of the fun no that's not fun at all i hate winter why do you think that i would like to lay on a bed of ice i don't know if someone's like telling you hey you lay on this bed of ice or i'd be like hey guess what i'm gonna kick your teeth down your throat how about that? Okay. For, how about that for BDSM? Okay. Well, we'll we'll whatever. Yuri on Ice. It's a show about gay ice skaters who love each other a lot, and it's very sweet. And it's a sports anime about Yuri from Japan and Yuri from Russia, and two boys named Yuri. And oh my I, god, really? I feel completely lied to. <laughs> I had no idea it was two guys named Yuri. That's two guys really named Yuri. Crazy. I feel very lied to. That's how I felt when I first, yeah. God. Y'all, boys could be okay, too. I'm not saying they can't. Just the title, really. Yeah, the title's like, hey, I gotcha. Hey, you're on eyes. I mean, hey, I am totally on board with two dudes, Mm -hmm. with two cute boys boning the fuck on down. There's lots of good boys. There are many good boys in this show. Ice boys. Ice boys. <laughs> so many ice boys. That's the new title. That's the English mm-hmm. title. Ice boys. Ice boys. That's when Funimation gets it. They always yeah. rename their shows. They'll just be like, hey, <laughs> gay ice boys. So basically, it's just about this kid, Yuri, from Japan, <laughs> who's sort of on his last legs, and he failed out of the last championship. He's been ice skating for, you know, his childhood. You, and you need legs. You, you need if legs. You're, if you're going to ice skate, you d- confirmed. And he's on his last legs, so yeah. you know it's serious. That's really, you know, yeah. You've only and, got two of those, and if, I'm the la- if you're on the last two, holy shit, that's a problem. 
And it turns some... out he's yeah. got three. Oh, damn. <laughs> some bratty kids film him while he's practicing on the ice and post it online. And Victor from Russia, Yuri's <laughs> idol, sees the video and decides that who has just been who's who just won another grand world championship and has become a little disillusioned because he's been on top of the world for so long and he doesn't really know why he skates anymore. So he decides to regain his inspiration by teaching Yuri, who has idolized Victor for his whole childhood, um, how to, to be his coach. And their show progresses from there, and it's really just kind of a you know a sports cartoon where so an people... old man. Gets to go, no, gets this great idea. It's like, man, I want to watch young boys feeling all up on each other and dancing around on ice. Okay, he's 27. Victor's 27. Yuri's 23. He's ancient. He's ancient by Japanese okay. anime terms. Come on. He's now. only okay. got three years left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the other cute boys are teenagers because it's ice skating and that's also a thing. So, and know. because it's anime. And because anime. But, um,. The main relationship is Yuri and Victor, and it's very sweet and nice. And Yuri's always been cared a lot about Victor as an artist and person, and it's been and just the journey they make to they make of Yuri kind of getting back on his feet with Victor's help and getting competing in the championship. Um, there's seven episodes out now. It's we're watching it as it airs, mm-hmm. and so is far, it, like, is, it, almost, is it both feet? Because you said he was on his last legs. This is his last feat, too. <laughs> and so far, basically every episode has made me cry. Even though it's ostensibly a comic, uh, a um, comedic show. I want a list of things that doesn't make John cry. <laughs> it's so nice. If you've got a list of things yeah. that doesn't make that don't make John cry, send them to at CelestialBlade0 uh, <laughs> on Twitter. And um, I think one thing that annoyed me is like, on Tumblr and whatnot, that accusing the show of queer baiting, mm-hmm. because you know they don't turn at the camera and go, "I'm gay and like to fuck other boys, other men." <laughs> they don't say that. And they I'm don't gay. Bone. Put a big old penis right in my mouth. And they don't bone. Yeah. So so far, <laughs> mm. but yeah, and they don't say like, "I'm your boyfriend." Mm. So. Therefore, the show is queer baiting. Versus, so you, I hate Tumblr. I swear to God. Yeah. Okay, that's like literally every anime with two girls now. Yeah. Is that, mm. But for girls, longing mm. stares. Yeah, but it also it's yeah. very gay all the way through, and they kiss. So. Well, <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Oh, then how's it fucking queer baiting? There's interaction. <laughs> So, Man, fuck Tumblr. That's re- yeah. When they kiss, that's not baiting anymore. That's, that's not baiting at all. That's actual. Hey, gay. Hey, gay. Sound the fucking gay alarm. So, what's the gay alarm sound like? Gay, 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 gay. <laughs> that's what um, happens when an episode of Yuri on Ice airs. So I think the the most also the thing about just how. You know, erotic the show actually is. The thing mm-hmm. that someone said that I thought was smart, um, I think it was uh, Jacob Chapman, was um, where you watch something like Free and you think the, and the camera is like, oh my god, look at these cute boys. Ooh, look at them. Do, do, do. Like, kind of giggly. Mm-hmm. And then something like Yuri on Ice versus the camera, where the camera just wants to fuck them. 
Camera's literally up asshole at some point. <laughs> so it's very funny, very high energy, very immediately gripping to watch. Mm-hmm. And super queer. And it makes ice skating, like, the most interesting thing in the world. It makes figure skating the most interesting thing in the world to watch. You're watching it which is gay. Which is what all, like, good cartoons about weird stuff do is they make you really yeah. interested in the subject material even if it's like oh yeah figure skating that's something john's all about but... and bonus they make you gay <laughs> so it's magnificent and i love it a lot and i can't wait to see how it concludes and even if they don't walk into the sun walk cold hands and walk into the spirit portal at the end <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not that doesn't change the fact that the show up till this point has been very very gay <laughs> Queer is baby. my state position. I just, I can't get over that. Like, you want, oh my god. Like, like they want him yeah. just fucking for 24 minutes every episode. I saw a funny tweet that was like, me at a gay wedding. Um, this is, they look straight. Why aren't they kid? why aren't they fucking? <laughs> this is queer baiting. Oh my god. Oh, but if they did that, that, that'd be pandering. Me yeah, having that, gay there you sex. Go. Me having gay sex. Oh my god, this is queer baiting. You're queer baiting me right in my asshole. <laughs> Feels good though. <laughs> so, yeah, Yuri on Ice is very good and people should watch it. And it's basically like, in my experience, as someone who gravitates more towards kind of the gays and, you know, girl, gay girls mm-hmm. who enjoy stuff like. Yuri Kuma and whatnot, or Yuritopia. Um, this, like, the Yuri, Yuri on Ice thing almost feels prescient because it feels like a show that I can appreciate more than what stuff like Free looks like from the outside. Okay, okay, um, okay, okay. I've got the best idea. Go for it. Gay Kumas on Ice. Gay Bears on Ice? Yes! That's pretty great. Why not? We, we That's pretty call great. Polar Bear Cafe. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think Gay Kuma, right. uh, Gay Kuma on the Rocks would be like a great drink name. Oh, that is pretty good. Hey. Rhett! Hi. I've been watching a bunch of dumb kids' movies. Talk to uh, us about that. So, you know how last time uh, it had been a month since we did an episode? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I had been up to some shit during that month, but I didn't put everything into the last <laughs> podcast because I was just like, boy, I really don't want to spend like 10 hours <laughs> talking about talking about my stuff. But then this week I only played one video game. So I'm like, why don't I talk about some of the stuff I left off from last time? Uh, I was very busy on Netflix watching a bunch of stuff. Oh, really? What'd you watch? Uh, I don't really have any super strong feelings about any of them, though. So I'm just going <laughs> to go just, through them. Just quickly. lightning around that shit. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And I'll tell you if I like them. Or uh, yeah, but basically John has seen all these, so it's not going to be totally... Yay! Alright, go uh, for it. I watched Zootopia. I have no strong feelings about that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, well, maybe it was better than I thought it was going to be. Like, because I, I don't know. I haven't actually seen, like, a Disney movie since, oh my god, um... Emperor's New Groove in like 2000 or something. Yeah, oh, maybe hey, maybe Lilo and Stitch. Like Emperor's New Groove is pretty fucking good. I is know. that Disney though? Yeah, it's Disney. It one was? of our all-time favorites. It was yeah. Disney. I wasn't sure if that was Disney or the other one. Yeah, it actually started off as like a dramatic 
musical, but oh, then really? they huh. make your direction midway through development. It's still pretty to... dark. Oh yeah, it's still it? it's very funny, but it has you know emotional beats. But it's hell. It's one of the best Disney movies ever. Yeah. yeah, I like how you guys have both much stronger feelings about the movie I just kind of threw out randomly than the one I'm actually attempting to talk about Zootopia. Well, I've not seen Zootopia. That's yeah. the only feeling I Which have. Which also kind of speaks to Zootopia just being like, yeah, it was okay, I guess. Which like, is the same I felt about Big Hero 6, which came out the year yeah. before that, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I just haven't really been keeping up with this Disney stuff ever since Pixar kind of ate their lunch like, in a huge yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. There's one scene in Zootopia where, so the main character is a bunny, and like the whole movie she's like completely tiny next to everybody else. <laughs> but there's one scene where they go into like the rodent district, and they do kind of a kaiju thing, and she's super huge compared to everyone there. It's funny. <laughs> that, was, like, that was a cool, like, playing with scale thing. Where, like, mm-hmm. She's always super tiny next to the elephants, but in Rat Town, she's massive. And it's... You'll go ahead. No, go ahead. That movie's got some pretty weird race, rela- race stuff, huh? Yeah, and then the whole movie kind of being about race, which I knew going in, but... It, sure like, brings that. it up, like, an hour and a half in. It, like completely changes gears like yeah. near the end of the movie and be like okay this is the metaphor we're actually making yeah they make it very very explicit very timely mm. yeah yeah <laughs> but they don't really do a good thing uh-huh. with it either they uh. yeah i don't know but kind of the two things that stuck out to me the most were there's a goddamn breaking bad reference in it do what <laughs> There's a scene where, like, they're trying to figure out what the bad guys are doing. Like, they're synthesizing some drug that oh is literally, like, God. blue crystals. <laughs> they go into they go into a laboratory, and there's a guy in, like, one of those, like, yellow jumpsuits. Yeah. Like, straight out of Breaking Bad. And he and then he literally says he, onto his cell phone or something, oh, I got to open the door for Walt and Jesse. And I'm just like... <laughs> that's, like, a little on what? the... That's a little yeah. on the nose and kind of, like, not even funny. It's just, like... Hey, here's a reference to a thing, you yeah, it's know. Not, it's not a joke, it's just a reference. And I did notice like there were a lot of like kind of current pop references in this that I think would date it pretty quickly, which seemed odd for a Disney movie. Mm. Yeah. I didn't really care for the Godfather stuff either, like the really long extended Godfather oh. joke. Yeah. Yeah. The other yeah. thing Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Because well, I was stalling to to Google oh. something. Uh, okay, so there's a character in this movie called Gazelle, and she's. <laughs> I'm not sure why that was the fun. That part. merited a laugh. No, no, I know what I know where you're going. Go ahead. I don't know if you do. So she's a singer, mm-hmm. and that just felt like right, like that the singer would be named Gazelle, and she literally is a gazelle. Right. But I thought so. I'm like, oh, this must be some popular singer. Like it's a pun. It's like, oh, it's probably Adele doing the voice. Or mm-hmm. something. And then I get to the end credits, and it just goes, and featuring Shakira as Gazelle. Whoop. And I'm just like, that doesn't rhyme. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that's... that's brilliant or we just couldn't afford Adele. Yeah, I was just like, that's, that's not a joke. I thought okay. it would have been. Okay. Well, what did you think I was going to say? Well, just that, like, sort of the joke going into with a lot of Zootopia stuff was that it was. Disney being more explicit with furry stuff. Oh, yeah. And then, but that's pretty subdued in basically the whole movie, except for, like, the big concert scenes 
with gazelle and then the muscular um tigers tigers. in speedos (laughs) so i thought that's what we were going with it i was like oh yeah that was kind of weird post-credit thing but (laughs) yeah that's that's zootopia i guess the worst review ever (laughs) (laughs) or the Um, best the best review yes uh i have one more thought i think sure we're like Big Hero 6 came away, I feel, came away with me feeling, like, completely unaffected and just kind of forgot it the next day. Mm-hmm. Whereas Zootopia was, like, didn't hold together in a way that felt very, like, felt more memorable to think right. about. Just, like, the it makes those turns that are so dramatic and out there. And it's not saying anything, like, good, but... It felt a lot more distinct to me than a lot of the sludge, I guess. Yeah. I still don't really like it, but, you know, that was cool. Okay. I haven't seen Big CR6, so it mm-hmm. doesn't sound like it's on my list, though. Because <laughs> you're just like, mm-hmm. uh, I saw The Little Prince on Netflix. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember John bringing that up a yeah. few episodes yeah. back. Mm-hmm. So that's a weird movie, because The Little Prince itself is a book that exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the whole movie is like, half of it is characters reading the book, and then the book itself, like, done in these kind of stop-motion-esque scenes <clears throat> that I think kind of are way, way better than <laughs> the main plot of, like, the CG characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... John talked about how we really liked the last third, and I don't know, it it goes places that kind of feel disingenuous to the original story. Mm-hmm. Where the original but, story is sort of like, hey, this is sort of about death, and then yeah. this is like, oh, we're going to ignore that bit, and... Yeah, that's... Yeah, that really confused me, because it's like, mm-hmm. the story ends basically with the little prince dying... And then they're like, oh, no, 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 no. It, what if we make it a metaphor for growing up? And it's just like, eh. That feels mm-hmm. kind of like pussing out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the movie kind of goes back to being about death at the very end. It's just like. But then the guy doesn't actually die? So. But, wait. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's so, a reason I kind of stopped um, raving about it after stewing for a few yeah. days. <laughs> I still think it's cool, but. Yeah. Sort of the... I think the storybook sequences really kind of stole the show, though. Like, yeah. that's what people wanted more of. That's fair. I, I felt the most affecting bits for me was the big um, Adolescence of Utna finale <laughs> where she's blowing up the yeah, meat, that, the, the aquarium was, full of stars. Yeah, I was, I, was star. thinking, I was thinking it was kind of more along the lines of the Adolescence oh, no. of, of Utena. <laughs> that's just me. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I know you probably <laughs> saw it a bit differently, but that's I, I, I saw it more that. as an analog I to the I am strike. John. Yeah. I really like I lessons of Luna. I call it Adzoots. I'm a big fan of Adzoots. Haruha. I'm Haru. Okay. I love Haruhai. Go ahead. Okay. Man. So I watched one more movie on Netflix, which was Box Trolls. Which How was it, that? I liked it. I mean, again, with all these movies, I thought it was fine. Like, this might mm-hmm. have been my favorite of the three, actually. Mm-hmm. Even though I probably had actually the lowest expectations going in, just because 
like the visuals are just they're ugly creatures and then you love them by the end cool so this is a movie about these trolls that live under the suit like under this town and they're box trolls they like live in cardboard boxes it's very silly and so this is the movie done by studio Liga, who also did kubo and And the two strings yeah Coraline, and paranorman yeah i haven't seen that one though so it's real good that was the first one of theirs i saw i'm three for four now almost seen them all yeah so i liked it and again like the visuals are just amazing and there's a big set piece thing like a giant kind of walking fire spitting mech at the end that's really (laughs) shockingly impressive looking so yeah i'd I'd actually recommend that movie even though my dad was like so what do you think i'm like well you wouldn't like it because you don't like kid stuff Aww, that's unfortunate my dad is funny though he gets like legit mad at pixar movies when they try to make him cry because <laughs> he got like real testy at uh inside out because he's like this isn't a kid's movie kids wouldn't get this oh my god <laughs> the ever critical mind of, yeah, of oh, rhett's god. dad oh that's funny oh yeah I kind of stay away from the box trolls because I heard it gets real transmisogynistic at the end. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best sound Red has made on this podcast. <laughs> Taylor, I want you to make a song out of that. <laughs> God. Yeah, just hearing people describe yeah. the, the, main, the main villain of that movie yeah. and how... He's betrayed. Whew. Messy. Like Messy. I saw defenses on both sides. Like mm-hmm. it's it's complicated. Like, is it is it mm-hmm. something like really gross, like Ace Ventura, like that big reveal? So some people have been mentioning that lately, and I literally don't remember that scene. You at don't all. remember that, that? Oh my no, god. Dude, I, I don't remember anything from that movie. Well, I it's... only remember like the clips I see on YouTube of him being pooped out the rhino or something. Yeah, the first Ace Ventura movie is one great big trans people oh, no. joke. Really? It is really fucking gross. <laughs> boy, oh boy, be a trans teenager and go to see that movie expecting to laugh and come outside oh, feeling oh. like, oh boy, the world does fucking hate me. Yay! Does oh. <laughs> Box Trolls treat it as like a big reveal? Because that's kind of what I heard. Kind of. Oh no! But I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, Rat! You can feel it. He's like, oh man, I need a shower. I'm, I'm just, I'm not qualified to talk about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's totally fair. So it's real hard for me. But I think the whole point of that character mm-hmm. was that they will do anything to fuck over the box trolls, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they were someone who was obsessed with status and like not being true to who they are. Mm-hmm. So, if the ends for their plan was dressing as a woman, sometimes they had no problem with that. Oh, I don't, yeah, that's that's like that's something I would just I would just have to see it in context to really say. I don't I don't think that would help much. Probably not because it does it just like, doesn't nah, sound like a movie. Be. It doesn't sound like a movie I'd watch anyway. No, okay. can't watch fucking kids shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see Paranorman. It's real. It made me cry a bunch. You should see Kubo then. Yeah, I, I I did my list of 
movies I wanted to see. And yeah, I do want to see Kubo. I I, yeah. just... I was watching that and I literally said, "This is a John movie." Oh my god! <laughs> Yay! Excellent. Yeah, I can get it on Amazon Video. I'm excited about that, especially since it might be the last like a movie. It's only like five bucks, isn't it? I think it's ten bucks on Amazon Video. Okay, that's not bad. It's not. Yeah, so I want to see that. Yeah, Polly. Oh yeah, me, me! I I get to talk. Yeah, well, oh you. man, oh man! I bet you guys, man. I I know. Like I said, from the emails we get, I get video games. Fuck that shit. Why do you think we haven't talked about it for like forty minutes already? We don't need oh, that yeah, garbage. We, we don't need that garbage all up in here. I tell you what, people come to the Sox cast for. It's Polly's boring music time. Welcome back. I know you all have missed your favorite segment of the show, and it is back with a vengeance because I got two albums for that ass this time. Woo! How about that? Two albums. All right, up first we have the brand new release from A Tribe Called Quest called We Got It From Here. Thanks for the service. To make something happen, let's make something happen. Word to fight for gonna bring it to the overlord. Drake and Cisco chilling with the gold microphone cords. And we grip our balls every time we stuntin' on tour. Cause we never bore. Responding to the ready crowds roar. And promoters try to hit us with the art of war. We about our business, we not quitters, not bullshitters. We deliver, we go get us. Don't be bitter, cause we not just niggas. Jerobe, my firewolf into different claws. Ain't nothing for me in the sick of kidders. Written off, hardest spit in the city. Y'all niggas spitting, getting soft, confused in the maze. Should propose your brain, missing lust, and planning for our future people. None of our people in Boring Henny and smearing off the kid and cracking off Cracking off a spear enough to quickly turn the Molotov Molotov the spaceship door before that bitch is taken off And oh, it seems the poorest persons, the people forsaken dog The Washingtons, Jeffersons, Jacksons on the captain's log They'd rather leave us to the greatest water poison, deli small Glass unblackening, it's happening, you feel it y'all I'd rather see weed in three by three structure with many bars Leave us where we are so they can play among the stars We're taking off the bars, got the space vessels overflowing What you think they want us there? All, All this niggas not going. going Reputation ain't glowing, reparations ain't flowing If you find yourself stuck in there in the hood, living in a fishbowl. Gentrify here, now it's not a shithole. Trend set up, I know my shit's cold. Answer to me because I ain't so bold. And all you black folks, you must go. All you Mexicans, you must go. And all you poor folks, you must go. Muslims and gays. Boy, we hate your way. In the smog of the media, the logs, false narratives of guys that came up against the odds. We're not just nigga rappers with the bars. It's kismet that we conflict with the stars. You bastards overlooking street art, better yet street smart, but you keep us off the charts. Some of the fucking numbers ain't your statisticians. Fuck y'all know about you. Might as well have a live feed. Keep a fresh cut from IB So I always match the picture in my ID Cause back in Dub C I ran with Mac 10 I was still a baby Simulac then And with the crack era did the black men It had to be an error if you had a Cadillac then How I rock mine, I throw it up Making sure that you niggas all are on the same page Powerful force, you better look both ways Fuck that, I'm choking niggas It's going down I'm from a different cloak We the oracles of the sounds Get down Hit them with impeccable pound Lost fam, the way I flooded niggas gon' drown Rip shit, wait, 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 I gotta do it again, I gotta do it again 
You already know the script, roundhouse kick. She looking at me, licking her lip. Put my arm around her like a bowler chip with a dip. With your bitch. What the fuck, niggas, he rap? I got the half moon clip, that's banana. A good planner. A new anger like a larger roots burner. Debating who can win in battle rapping Let's make it happen These cyberpunks already part No subliminals with me You know who the fuck you are Who wants more? Ha ha Well here are Orthodox spitter or ring on a south floor No doubt I'ma set it Dude's best be ready Off top on the spot No reading from your wack Very Keep the iPhones home Skill sets must be shown I'ma show you the real meaning Of the danger zone huh. I got it on Ace pick to all clones Untouchable in my zone Watch your tone leave him alone Fuck your ass cheek flows With bars sweeter than scones Yes, yes, he's the wrong one to fuck with no matter what the day He could catch you on his plane or the one he on the day Visit niggas in a dream, make a scream of bloody murder He's a trainee gladiator, ain't no need to take it further If you wanna take it further, your huckleberry is here Doctor of your holiday, Wyatt Earp, you're good like the tears We gon' celebrate him, elevate him Father had to levitate him, give him his and don't debate him Top dog is the way to rate him This is the final A Tribe Called Quest album, uh, which is, they kind of went into it thinking like, you know, this is where we're going to end our career, but it's also the final album, unfortunately, because in March, uh, founding member Fife Dog passed away due to diabetic illness, um, and a lot of his work, you know, that appears on this album is obviously like the last stuff he ever did. Um, so a tribe called quest, um, they are one of the most inventive and just really creative hip hop outfits from the early nineties that sort of lasted to the first part of the two thousands. Uh, then they released an album called the love movement, which wasn't really that good. And it was kind of a bummer that that was where their career kind of ended, you know, you if you're the seminal rap group and you you know you've got this string of just really great albums and you end on a bit of a dud that is a bummer mm-hmm. also on that note if if you're at all interested in hip hop or or are a current listener of hip hop and have never heard the albums the low end theory and midnight marauders what is wrong with you child nourish your soul <laughs> get yourself go now go stop Go listen to the Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders. Get back to me. Thank me via email. Thank me via Twitter at Celestial Blade Zero. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, this is an album that's been a while, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. I know, like there wasn't a lot of news about it up until maybe a month or two prior to it being released. Uh, it was produced in Q-Tip's home studio, kind of away from. The bigger studios, staying away from label people, they just kind of got together and decided to do their own thing. And this is one of the best albums of the year. It is A Tribe Called Quest kind of doing the thing that they've always been really good at in terms of presenting really socially conscious messages, rapping their asses off, uh, Q-Tip is one of the greatest producers that is so, so criminally underrated the stuff that that man can do in terms of just putting really good samples and beats together. Uh, and he can rap his ass off. Um, and it's it's just start to finish, it's 16 tracks of everything that you love about A Tribe Called Quest, but it's not 
like backwards looking. It's not like a comeback album. It's not a nostalgia album. It is an album that is very relevant to today. And, and, and that's sort of why I say it's still a Tribe Called Quest album because they always made music that was very relevant uh, and continues to stay relevant. Um, it's not a nostalgia trip. It's a genuine effort um, to put together something that is still tied heavily to their roots and what they do, but modernized in a way that doesn't really betray the sound that you come to know them for. So it, like, while it's got a lot of modern production techniques behind it, um, just like really, you know, and obviously you've got issues more relevant today that are being talked about in the lyrics, especially like when you get to songs like We the People, uh, that's yep. just very on the nose, you know, like mm -hmm. Muslims and gays, boy, we hate your ways. It's like all you blacks must go. It's just, holy shit, you guys are going for the jugular, you know, and it's, it's just kind of great that, you know, they're going out on this really high note of remaining true to themselves and being as incisive as you'd want to be. Nothing has gotten watered down in the 16 years since they last released an, uh, an album, even though they've had their own separate solo ventures over the years, most prolifically UTIP, like he's kind of really been the standout kind of mm -hmm. guy doing his own thing. Um, I love how, um, I love how that track in particular, um, we, the people just keeps you off kilter. Yes. By, like stopping the instrumentals. Yes. Like just I, pausing it in off beats. <laughs> that is such that is such an old school technique that does not get used mm -hmm. anymore. If you want to hear an album that really makes great use of the pause, check mm -hmm. out uh, the Beastie Boys um, License to Ill. Like they make, awesome. they make, or not License to Ill, is it? No, Ill Communication. I get those two mixed up, just the name. Ill Communication. That album makes such good use of the pause, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like... There's a lot of, like, old and new school production techniques going on, and it's just, like, start to finish, you've got these great, this great collection of tracks. It's, it's such a good way uh, for a, a, a group uh, to go out. And just, like, the, like, you know, features, there, there are some really, really great features. They've, I think every Tribe album has a feature from Busta Rhymes, and it's always good. Like, they, like, those guys just always gel on a level that is insane. Um, you've got Kendrick Lamar on a verse um, that he just fucking tears it up. So it's just, like, kind of combining that old and new style and, 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 and doing doing some really good uh, stuff. I know, John, you heard uh, some tracks from this album. What'd you think? I really liked it. I like that... Um... I forgot the... I didn't remember the names of the second two tracks you gave me, but mm -hmm. the second one um, had all the different people all the different voices yeah and the that's way another they thing you don't get mm -hmm. these days you don't get that in hip-hop of like mcs actually going back and <clears throat> forth and like kind of tossing it off to someone else like mid-verse mm -hmm. and just i really appreciated that i love that dynamic mm -hmm. and then the third track just really connected with me just because the texture of the instrumental parts oh, was yeah, just really yeah, intense yeah yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. do you that's remember the names of the ones that you sent Oh yeah, I sent. Uh, yeah, I think I sent you guys. Um, we the people, um, that gener or this generation and Conrad Tokyo. Cool. Yeah, Conrad Tokyo. Yeah, that that that, that Conrad, one was very memorable. Yeah, Conrad Tokyo. Uh, that's the Kendrick uh, feature. Uh, he's uh, gotcha. he, he he rips it up in the middle of that track. Just crazy. 
Just going crazy. I know Rhett just is chomping at the bit to talk <laughs> to talk about this one. I I know he just can't keep it in his pants any longer. Hey Rhett, what do you I, think? I will What's agree it? with John about the instrumental parts of Conrad Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> Hip hop is not uh, Rhett's. Uh, yeah. Forte. I understand that, but kind of just wanted to give you guys a sampling of like, you know, we, so we could talk a little bit. You know, keep a, keep a conversation going. It's boring for me yeah. to sit here and, and monologue about an album for five minutes. Yeah, I really <laughs> it's dug really it. Really hard to do. I'm I'm still like pretty far off from digging deep into hip hop, but that's just because I'm you know pretty far off from haven't really been able to obsess about music as yeah. much lately. Yeah. So I feel like that'll make a good, you know, deep dive at some point in the future is getting really into that stuff and um, those kind of voices. Yeah, the Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders. Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders, cool. You need to hear those albums. They're so good. So good. So good. All right. So I have another album. I know you guys like more albums. This one I'm familiar with. So let's talk about more albums. The next album we are listening to is Metallica's brand new effort in eight years. Hardwired. Pregnant pause. To (laughs) self-destruct.
Can I tell you immediately what my reaction to this was? Yes, please. I haven't listened to Metallica since mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were basically the first metal I got into, which led to me ultimately discovering like Nine Inch Nails and all the sorts of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I booted up and it was like I just got teleported back. Oh, wow. Like, it was just right back in that same headspace of kind of hearing that stuff just for like, the first time. And that was pretty, pretty neat. Just riffs pounding around your head and just <laughs> but yeah. awesome solos. That very distinctive James Hetfield vocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, everybody's got a James Hetfield in them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody yeah, does. I feel like this was probably a throwback album. In a way, it yeah, it's, felt it's very um, familiar to me. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that that's kind of what Metallica has been doing for their last couple of albums, really. Uh, I love Death Magnetic. Uh, I thought that album was pretty good, but it felt like an album that was really just kind of looking back because it's very much just here's a bunch of thrash songs. You guys like thrash metal? We're doing that again. With and had that effect on me. Yeah. Um, when I yeah. Go ahead. And, 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 and that's kind of like what Death uh, Magnetic is. Hardware to self-destruct. Um, like, it's, it's a tale of two halves, quite literally, because it's two discs. And I don't know why, because the whole album adds up to 75 minutes, which is weird. Oh, really? Yeah. Both of these albums, can we talk about this for a moment? Both of these albums are two discs. But the Tribe album is an hour long. I don't know On why two- that's... What? Yeah, it's... And there's no reason for it to be split that I can really tell. There's no thematic thing that really separates them. And, like, with this one, like, it's, you know, the runtime would fit on a CD. And the only thing I can really think of is that, like, on the first disc, you've got a lot of the faster stuff, like the opening track, Hardwired, which I sent you guys. And, um... A lot of that is really thrashy, and then the second disc kind of harkens back a little to maybe, like, the load-reload era that people don't Mm. like as much, where it's more mid-tempo, song-crafting, kind of, like, you know, a little more bluesy, slowed down, uh, exploring their own musical headspace and musicianship a little more than people probably want, but I think load and reload are pretty good, so suck it. (laughs) Um, was that was the second track of the ones you sent us kind of more hearkening to that effect? Yeah, yeah. Um, the second that makes sense because that yeah that makes sense because I was like, oh, this one's kind of boring. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! That's Sorry. one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. I like that. Uh, right, I, I only gave I only gave them one listen. Oh, so it's I can understandable. Learn it's to understandable. Appreciate them more. Yeah, mm. but I, I can totally see how like if you are very keen into that like. Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and Justice for All era. Yep. That, like, you know, like, Hardwired, Atlas Arise, Moth into the Flame, other, like, Spit Out the Bone, which is... Spit Out the Bone was... Spit Out the Bone was gorgeous. Oh, my God. This is the fucking best Metallica song in 20 years. Cool. Yeah, I was very impressed with that one. God, I love that song. Because coming off the second one, where the feeling was sort of like, okay, there's not a lot of momentum here, yeah. and it's not really surprising me as much. It mm-hmm. can kind of feel like it's in the same place for a little while longer than I maybe like. Then Spit Out the Bone is just constantly going in these new directions, almost like kind of dream theatery, where I'm just feeling like getting all these new musical ideas over and over. And then it still kind of comes back to and has the climax where it comes back to that chorus. Yeah, and it's um, such... It, 
Oh. It's so fucking good. <laughs> Fuck, that I was, love that song that so much. Blew my mind. Oh god, that song. It's, but yeah, like that song cool. is just a journey in thrash. It's like you've got your fucking riffs, you've got harmonies going on like crazy. It's just so good. You know, you get two guitar players doing these fucking fast ass riffs and throwing the harmonies together. It's just, oh, and then just like just the <laughs> just Oh man, it's so good! God damn, I fucking love that song. I couldn't tell. Weird. <laughs> no, you couldn't. I get no. Uh, but I, I really like. I'm not gonna say it's the best Metallica record ever, and I think I still like Death Magnetic a little more. But I mean, this is a solid effort. Like, except, except, we've got to have both extremes here. Spit out the bone is fucking fantastic and the best Metallica song in 20 years. Man yeah. Unkind is the worst Metallica song <laughs> on this record and the worst Metallica song in 20 years. Because not only is the name of that song real fucking stupid. Also, you want to talk stupid? Look at this album's fucking cover art. It's real dumb. <laughs> I'm waiting for John to bust out laughing because he's googling it right now. I'm oh sure. no, I saw the I saw people yeah. making fun of the cover art when it came out. Yeah, it's real <laughs> stupid. Uh, but, like, but but man, unkind and cover art aside, this is a this is a solid album. You know, it's 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 good. Eighty minutes of thrashy, bluesy kind of stuff going on at the same time. I think that there's a little bit. For everybody here on this record. Rhett, what did you think of the tracks you were sent? Uh, I did not like Hardwired. That That's kind of like the generic Metallica song that I just can't get into where it's just super fast and then it's three minutes and nothing really yeah. kind of goes anywhere. Yeah, it's just propulsive. And yeah, and then Spit Out the Bone was like, whoa, whoa, like, holy crap. What are you guys doing? <laughs> hey, hey, we got, like John said, kind of Dream theater vibes of just like continually changing and going for it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. While still pushing forward, which is what yeah, it's propulsive, yeah. and it's like, and, and it's like when it makes those shifts, like even though they're like dramatic shifts, they don't like feel like they don't feel off kilter. Like it's just this mm -hmm. one smooth, like mm -hmm. rocket into space. <laughs> Feels good. Yeah, it does. yeah. And it's like yeah. it's like six minutes long, and it carries you through. It's that seven. Whole it carries you through. Yeah. Feels it, good. It it does not. Like, let up. Mm -hmm. In a way, a lot of the seven-minute Metallica songs don't really. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> they just keep going. and Yeah, that is that is like definitive fucking Metallica. I didn't <laughs> think they had another iconic song in them anymore. Because I like I like a lot of Metallica stuff, but I think that they, 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 they've been past iconic for a long time in terms of writing new music. But Spit Out the Bone... Yeah is on that fucking level. There's a, there's a little guitar thing that right after he says, spit out the bone. Yeah. And then it goes into this next bit that repeats a couple times mm. where like, it kind of feels like a different, it feels, has a little more emotional depth to it than I think, than just like sort of intensity. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember, like I remember like comparing, like this is, going off the rails a bit, but I, I linked the boss themes to Saga 1, Saga 2, Saga 3, which all had different um, musicians. Mm -hmm. And I thought the one with Kenji Ito, whereas the first two, the other two were like, oh, this is intense boss fight. 
but then the Kenji Ito one was almost like kind of mournful mm-hmm. in addition to being really intense and had like sort of this emotional depth to it beyond that. Yeah. And then that was what Spit Out the Bone did in those kind of moments was like, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, is, yeah. I think the vocals cool. on this track are actually really good, too. There's like, mm-hmm. there's more like melody to it than I expected. Like, I didn't actually mm-hmm. think that like the, the, the vocal track would have the really nice melody that it does, but you know. It's it's real good, man. <laughs> Spit out the bone. Just so good, so good. So yeah, like two fucking great albums that are probably gonna make my album of the year list longer, right and then I have to pare it down to ten, which is <laughs> going to be a problem. Oh boy, yeah, it's gonna, yeah, yeah. I do you think Dream Theater is gonna make it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I loved the astonishing. <laughs> the new Deer Hunter record's got a better chance. I, I just can't imagine how that doesn't click with you. I ju- it's just so fucking by the numbers. It's I don't everything. Even know what that it's me- everything. I don't even know what that means with them, though. It's so fucking. It sounds like a Mike Portnoy album. What? Mike Portnoy got real boring before he left Metallic or before he left Dream Theater. Mm. And like all the records, like were all written by him. Mm-hmm. Like those last couple of albums before he left, you can't tell me those were real good. No, definitely, I'm not. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. We were talking about two different things here. Oh, I, I thought you were just talking about Dream uh, Deer Hunter Five. Oh, I'm like what the fuck does Mike Portnoy have to do with oh, that? Okay, <laughs> okay. We were on a different page. Oh, okay. Cool. Deer Hunter will probably. I was about to say, Rhett doesn't like doesn't like Coheed and Cambria, so you yeah. know everyone. He does Everyone have taste. has their no, mistakes. I, I agree with you on the astonishing being boring. Okay, okay, cool. okay, okay. <laughs> the Deer Hunter is probably going to make my list, though. Oh, yeah, I think that's one yeah. of their best. Yeah, it's still a good album, but. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> two really great albums to check out. Rhett loved them both. I'm chomping at the bit. John! I'm ready. Are you all ready? I'm I'm all ready. We did Yuri on Ice. Yeah, we now did. Now it's time for Yuri in the Air. Oh, shit. I played a shit ton of Toho. Finally a video game? Holy shit. We yeah. got him back. We're winning him back. Video games. Toho's a video game? <laughs> There's a Toho video game now? <laughs> <laughs> Just immediately reminded of that polyanether comic. <laughs> so Toho was a big thing, huh? Yeah, Toho. I, what? Well, is I guess I <laughs> forgot how big it was. Yeah, I had like, to. So what you do? What you do, Toho wise? Okay. Well, like all of us. Like every person listening, statistically, every person listening to this podcast, I had a really big Toho kick um, at some point in my past. Yeah. Um, I play, I think I started off playing Embodiment of Scarlet Devil because I didn't, I'd never played a bullet hell game. So I was like, oh, this looks, this is, this is the bullet hell thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then like three years later, I found out Cave exists. <laughs> Not that Cave like supersedes Toho, just that like. It's the, two totally the, different. Exactly. It's just funny that for the longest time, my only exposure to that to that kind of um, you know 
thousands of bullets mm-hmm. was from the um, the Dojin PC games versus the huge arcade games. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just kind of funny. Which are marginally um, more boring because it's like, oh, look, military stuff. This is boring. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. Um, but then then I, I need to play Mushihime-sama because then you're like a princess riding on a butt beetle shooting bugs. Hell yeah, you are. So that's pretty badass. Um, but yeah, Embodiment of Scarlet Devil, I played a bunch of it, and it was real hard. Yeah, and, it's, it's it's difficult. And then, like, a year later, I was like, let's try this again. And I started, I think, Perfect Cherry Blossom. Yeah. Or maybe Imperishable Night, because that was uh, my friend's... Yeah, I think I played Imperishable Night, because that was my, um... Because that was Royan's favorite. Oh! Um, and wow. I, yeah. So I played that and actually beat it, because nice. it was a lot easier. And then I went back to Perfect Cherry Blossom, I think, and beat that. And then I just beat all of them, basically, up through 11. I think that's um, how it always goes when people get into Toho. It's just like, you find one, like, that's your jam for a few days, like, that's your mm-hmm. game, and then you just go play them all. Like, everybody I know that's gotten into Toho, that's kind of been their thing. Uh, when mm-hmm. I got into Toho, it was with Perfect Cherry Blossom, and this was back when, like, the games weren't widely available to be found. I just heard mm-hmm. about it on a shmup forum. And I was like, oh, this game looks cool. I'm going to play it because I get to be a little girl. And then I played it and was just like, this game's fucking rad. And for some reason, I didn't tell Red about it. <laughs> I know, right? I know. That's so weird that you would go off and discover Toho kind of on your own. And I was just like, I'd already known about it, like, shortly after PCB came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like years, a couple of years before. Yeah. Cool. And your experience, yeah, from there? Uh, from there, oh. I just played the games as they came out. Cool. Yeah, jeez. So you experienced IN right when that came out and then wrote about it on your site? I think I wrote about it on my site a couple of years after. Okay, yeah. That, that timeline checks out. Yeah. That's really cool. I think I wrote That's about, really I think I wrote about uh, Imperishable Night when Mountain of Faith was coming out. Gotcha. And then you had some trouble with Mountain of Faith for a while, right? I didn't like that it was... for a while because it, <laughs> it felt entirely different. Like, it didn't feel, mm-hmm. like, like the first three Windows games like have a very like I don't Stink know feel. yeah and then yeah. like Imper- or and then Mountain of Faith that series feels like more slippery to me for some reason mm. yeah I get you they definitely changed at that point like they feel much faster yeah yeah I wasn't ready for that at the time but then like I like if I'm gonna tell somebody that like if they want to play a Toho game. And they want to play a Toho game not just because of, like, characters or graphics or music or anything. If you want to play it just mm-hmm. to get some basic mechanics, like, I usually direct people to Mountain of Faith first. Cool. Because oh, it's really? the simplest to play. Neat. There's not All a lot right. of systems to keep track of. You Like, the, 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 the panic bomb timer is still pretty generous in that game. Mm-hmm. So that's the one I use. And, and like, the way the, the power and bomb system work in that game make it very easy to 1cc. It's the easiest 1cc yeah. in the series. Oh, man, I need to do that one next. <laughs> you will, you'll do it in a day. You'll do it in awesome. a day. Awesome. That, that game kind of drives me nuts now because I was really d- trying to get a lunatic clear on any of the games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Mountain of Faith is the easiest one. I'll do that one on lunatic. Oh my god, that game is not easy that on game is, That game's ridiculous on anything above normal. Gotcha. I mean, I've I've done a couple of the games on hard mm-hmm. back in, mm-hmm. you know, when I was obsessed with the series, but that game on Lunatic just breaks me. Like, mm-hmm. but like because you can abuse the bombs so much. Yeah. 
I've gotten to Kanako's final attack. On oh a god, fuck that! And just Ugh. it is insane. What's it's funny about like, what's funny about Kanako's final attack is that it's harder on easy. Oh, yeah, weird. it's kind of it's kind of broken. Yeah, mm. it's just the way that the bullets are slower and like it yeah. gets way more congested. Like on Lunatech, <laughs> I think I only got to Aya and was just like, I'm done. Yeah, Aya is the point where I basically have to bomb every single yep. spell card. Yep. Mm. But like, my um yeah. my experience with Mountain of Fate was different because I was like, oh, I have infinite continues now. I'll just play and then play until I beat the game. So I got to Kanako, <laughs> and, and I just kept hammering my head against Kanako with you know two extra lives and nothing else, and it was real fucking hard. Yeah, because normally you get to that point with like five extra lives or six extra lives, but I was like, no, I'll just beat it. You know, like I beat our type, which you know with save states. I mean, <laughs> no wait, I don't have those shit. Um, so that was like the first one that was really hard for me. Oh. Because I played it in that yeah. kind of stupid way. <laughs> yeah. I kind of had uh, the same experience the first time I played Subterranean Atomism. Ooh. I'm just trying to bang my head against it's that, was how I, that was how I beat Suho yeah. too. It's oh, not... The fight is so miserable that way. If you want... Yep. Yeah, if you want to have a real bad time with Subterranean Atomism, d yeah, don't play it like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that took three or four hours, and then I beat Usuha. <laughs> but it's I'm not still... fun that way. Like, for me, like, if I'm having that much... Like, I don't... Like, mm -hmm. for shmups, I tend to just... I never continue. I don't even see mm -hmm. the point. Like, if I'm gonna beat a shmup, I wanna 1cc it. So if mm -hmm. I can get that little bit yeah. of extra progress every time, and I think that that feels good. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe that's just me and, like, how I approach yeah. it, but that's just how it always feels to me. It's like, I don't use continues. Even when I'm new to the game, I'm just like, okay, I got this far. And this is cool. as far as I know the game right now, and I'll just keep getting progressively better. And I find that I get more playtime out of them that way. That's fun. Yeah, it can be helpful to like see and learn attacks on a like a weaker character that's kind of doomed. Can so be. that we are yeah. I that's what, what I like about Imperishable Knight is having the spell card practice. So that's you don't so good. To and like, why did he just never do that again? Other than like, was I it think 12? one of the newer. I think. 14 might have it. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I just remember that, like, I remember being real disappointed that Mountain of Faith didn't have it, and neither did uh, mm -hmm. Subterranean or UFO. Yeah. Mm. Still, if there's one fight to bash your head against for a million years, Soho's not a bad one. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. It's pretty stylish. Yeah, it is. Um. So, yeah, I played through all the games up through 11, and because 10 and 11 were so much harder for me, I kind of stalled out there. Yeah. Um, I played the PC-98 games. Mm. Um, and, yeah, Subterranean Animism's my favorite. Um, at least it was back then. I haven't revisited it yet because it's kind of intimidating. <laughs> it's a really hard one. It's a hard yeah. one, but, man, it's so satisfying. Like, Subterranean yeah. Animism and Imperishable Night, I think, are the yeah. cream of the crop. When it comes to Toho games, yeah. that's that's always been my. They're just of... the most beautifully yeah. put together. I think that they're the most mm -hmm. focused. There's just everything mm -hmm. about it. Like I would almost call them perfect. Mm -hmm. I remember when you know Mountain of Faith came out and Polly was like, "This one's junk. I'm done." Yeah. And Subterranean Asylum came out and I'm like, "No, Polly, this one's really good for like two years." And then yeah, you're finally it, like, it took "Oh, it... fine, I'll play." Oh shit, this one is really good. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it took two years for me to really warm up to the idea of. I think I think you again. pointing out how great it was is what got me back into it to do the whole you know playing up to eleven or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was real fun. Um, and then you know 
um, played some a lot of the spin-off games, played the fighting games, played the platformers, I just looked at a never, bunch of the comics. I don't at, give a shit about any of the Toho side games. Yeah. None of the them are good. Games. Well, except for Labyrinth of Toho 2. Labyrinth of Toho 2 okay. is the only one that matters. It's the only well, one that play. There's the official side games, and then there's, you know, the doujin stuff. Yeah, the fighting yeah. games are official, and I think they're garbage. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think they're very good at all. If you want to see... If you want to see some, like, Toho fan games and doujin games, official and unofficial, go check out our boy Gash86, because yeah. if there's somebody, like... If, if there's somebody holding the flag and marching up the field for <laughs> Toho fan games, Gash86 has got your back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We really should have had him only, on for this discussion. Probably. My only um, my only experience in the side games was that I played like a couple stages of Mega Mari and was like, lol yeah. no. And then I um, <laughs> I enjoyed the fighting games because I didn't play them on my own. I I hooked them up to my TV and got two had two controllers and I played them for like multiple hours with Ryan like in person playing. That would probably games. be fun. that makes yeah yeah. With two people who are really into the games and know the characters yeah. and are can just be huge dorks together about yeah. Toho. Yeah. And also have no idea how those fucking games work. Those, those together. Well, I mean, systems we, neither are of us. The systems are so stupid. I have no neither idea. Neither of us did, so we could just appreciate yeah. we could just appreciate the pretty colors. Yeah. Because there are they're lots very, of pretty colors. They're very pretty games, the sprites are amazing, but I god, they just play like stupid. I'm gonna take yeah. the sprites and make a good game in Game Maker. <laughs> That's a good idea. It's so so weird playing a Toho game and having like the character portraits look really good. Yeah, Raymu <laughs> doesn't like it look like a zombie or a can. <laughs> Man, Utsuho's um, in one of those fighting games, and she looks so fucking cool. And I hate she? how the yeah she's in like twelve point three oh. or something. One of these. That's really cool. I didn't play that yet. Oh, I love freeze that. the bullet. Freeze the bullet. Play freeze the bullet. That game's fun. Yeah, I want to play. Yeah, that game's, really, that game's so I think you cool. mean there's shoot the bullet and there's great fairy world. world, world I like right? this. I like. Yeah. I like shoot the bullet. Double spoiler, and uh, freeze the bullet or fairy cool. wars. Whatever I call it, freeze the bullet because <laughs> yeah. I like. I just think it's a cuter naming. Convention. Shoot the bullet. Freeze the bullet. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, um, shoot the bullet. Uh, double spoiler and fairy wars cool. are. I, I sampled the the photography games and they're really cool. They're hard. Um, I, I think I acknowledged on, I think I um, acknowledged on Twitter that like I've never seen anybody acknowledge that the Phantasmagoria games exist. <laughs> I I will rank them much higher than the fighting games. Yeah, yeah. I mean they were playable. Like, I don't yeah, remember I, them. They're play, They're also kind of the same thing as the fighting games, where it's just like I shoot stuff for a while and then I win. I guess I don't know really yeah, what like, happened. The systems are just like needlessly complicated. Is it like Tetris? I don't understand. It's supposed to be something like, um, um, what's that one game? Twinkle Star Sprites? Yeah. But it just, that kind of system against a CPU isn't really fun because, no, like... No, not at all. The, the, AI, I, the AI in that game is, like, literally just going to die after, like, two minutes or something. Yeah. Like, it's predetermined. Yeah. Mm. I've seen videos of people, like, completely blocking the AI in Lunatic, and it just gets through anyways <laughs> until yeah, it's uh, time to die. Weird. Like, yeah. It's fun so and chaotic. The, but... the what? Yeah. So what's the point at that yeah. point? Um, but yeah. Um, so what I've actually been doing, like that was my history. <laughs> um, I went back in one CC Imperishable Night. Good job. 
that game's real. That's my like first one CC in a shmup, I think, because nice. I just never decide. I just never chose to engage with a shmup on that level. I played a bunch of them, mm-hmm. but never made that decision. Like I beat Axley on the SNES, and that was hella fun. Yeah, that's probably one to revisit since it's not super too taxing. I think. Yeah. Um. So I beat I beat Imperishable Night in one credit in like a couple tries because mm-hmm. it's it's not super hard and it has that really nice bomb window. Yeah. Um. That's smart because it takes two bombs if you use it that way. Yep. Which is cool. It's actually really balanced. That's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I went back to Perfect Cherry Blossom. Because when I played Perfect Cherry Blossom, it was after I'd played a bunch of, imbi- of um, Embodiment of Scarlet Devil and Imperishable Night. So I beat it basically on my first try mm. with the three continues. Yeah. And then never played it again. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but now you're engaging with it on a new level. Where it's a lot harder than Imperishable Oh, Night. yeah. Yeah, it's real hard. I got to the last attack oh, on no. one credit. That, oh, I God, through. I saw the timer. I had seven seconds Seven left. seconds. I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking heartbreaking. Seven seconds left. Seven seconds isn't actually that long on that attack. No, it's no, not. That, no, no, I, mean, I mean, it's actually a long time on that attack. I was mm-hmm. backwards. Oh, okay. Like um, I, pr- I think it might actually have another like ramp up in those last five seconds or something. Gotcha. It's fucking tough. And unlike in, in Imperishable Night, if you die on the spell cards, it you know doesn't matter. On the last spell cards, it yeah. doesn't matter. But yeah. on that one, it does. Yep. Um. So that game is really fucking good, huh? Yeah, it is. I never really appreciated Perfect Cherry Blossom on its own, but it's really cool to engage with these games on that level it's and a really. Game. When you look at PCB versus mm-hmm. uh, EOSD, and it's just mm-hmm. like I cannot go back to Embodiment of Scarlet yeah. Devil. I gotcha. just like I don't like that game anymore. I it's, remember having that experience. It's really rough. <laughs> it's really rough. Mm. Oh, but I mean, the characters in that one are so good. They are. That's what's so heartbreaking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah PCB... that's probably my favorite. I think you and Owen was her is probably my favorite Toho song. Hmm. I don't know, maybe. I, I need to think about it some more, but it's just so playful. Yeah. While still being kind of Menacing having that toe energy. And really getting the character across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It just. Otherwise, it's probably tracks a bunch of the tracks on subterranean animism. Um, but yeah, that Perfect Cherry Lost is real good. I hope to once you see it again. You will. Because um, <laughs> I did. Because I just. Um, I hope. Yeah, I think I will. Um, because I still died, like, lost, like, five lives on the, on Yomu. Yeah, but then I was about I, like, to say, like, I she's can't... a huge, she's mm, a roadblock for me. She is a on. monster. I, I would practice stage five a couple times. Yeah, yeah, I carried through, like, the whole final boss fight on, like, two lives, and I felt really proud of myself. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, right I'm, actually, I'm actually gonna do this! I'm actually gonna do this! <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's oh. Dragon Quarter all over again. John yeah. needs his ice cream. Oh, God, that was funny. Um, so, Perfect... Rhett was right. Um, stage 4 in that game is a masterpiece. In yes. Perfect Cherry Blossom. It's so cool. It's real fucking good. Ooh, the timing on the music, like... Like, not all the Toho games do that, where they, like, are really deliberate with the timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, I remember, like, Subterranean Animism doesn't time the music in the... Um, stage three level where which gets real crazy near the end of the song yeah and they just time it so that if you skip the dialogue on the mid boss you um there's still like 
10 seconds left when you get to the boss. And it's just like, oh. So I try to, like, pace it out, like, yeah. click through the dialogue <laughs> so it ends on the right note. Um, but Perfect Terry Blossom ends that stage four and having the delay before the boss comes in. Yeah. It's so clever. Uh, and about, just, yeah. The thing about the music is that Subterranean Asmism do, actually does do the timed music thing on stage five. Mm-hmm. Where, depending on how fast you kill the mid-boss, like, there will be more enemies so that the music stays on beat, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, once you get to, and once you get to stage four and five and whatnot, the mu- that's when the music really becomes important in subterranean animism, so that makes sense. Yeah, it's always, like, timing the music is hard because the mini-boss fights can be variable, so yeah. there are mm-hmm. rounds that he did. Mm-hmm. That's so fucking um, smart. It's so good. These games are so good, they feel so good. And a lot of elitist um, shmup people hate them. Oh, because they got popular, I bet. Yeah, mm. that's that's gotta be it. Because I know per- like Perfect Cherry Blossom was everybody's shit when it came out. They were licking that game's ass crack <laughs> up and down three hours at a time. They could not get enough of Perfect Cherry Blossom shit on their tongue, including uh, random butt hairs. That was colorful. <laughs> Why do you have to talk about my favorite games like that? <laughs> Where? But if you go to like a cave stump, a cave shmup, um, I think the main difference is that the bullet patterns aren't as memorable, and also I think they rely way more on aimed bullets. Yeah, yeah. Aimed Whereas bullets Koho and like... bullet barf, as I like mm-hmm. to call it. Yeah. You, you want to play like a game that's bullets? nothing but bullet barf? Play Mars Matrix. <laughs> play Mars Matrix. <laughs> Oh, that one accounts for it, though, because you can just throw it back. Playing T-ball. Oh. Y'all playing T-ball, I'm playing <laughs> Home Run Derby. We referenced that so much, and then I watched it again. It has, like, not many views. Like, that's not actually, like, some huge cultural touchstone. No, it's not a cultural touchstone. <laughs> it's just another <laughs> dumb SMPS in-joke that nobody yeah. fucking gets. There's this review of Mars Matrix with, like, a real, real heavy southern accent. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's, funny. It's so good. <laughs> Man, I used that. I used that line the other day uh, in a, a friend of mine's stream chat. Like, you know, like such and such characters playing t-ball. This other player, this other characters playing home run derby. And everybody thought it was so clever. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have the heart to break it to them that I wasn't that clever. Yeah. Uh, you only need to link that to me. I yeah. haven't seen it. It's really fucking good. <laughs> Just oh keep putting God. your hand in, eating more Doritos. Gotta get them cubes. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get them cubes. <laughs> So Perfect Cherry Blossom's fucking amazing. And yeah, the Toho games have, like, they pay more attention to, like, having actual pretty memorable bullet patterns. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I've always really loved about Toho games is that, like, there's real choreography and and making sure that those bullet patterns look pretty. I think that that's a big thing for him in designing those (laughs) games is that Mm -hmm. primarily, you know, the attacks are there to kill you, but I think he wants to dazzle you more than he wants to kill you. Mm-hmm. definitely like naming the attacks was a huge innovation yeah, as well yeah with mm-hmm. eost like having spell cards that have names and whoa you can actually reference things now. yeah you can like reference them and like everybody's got like that one spell card they remember that they either love or hate and you can just like reference it and people like get what you mean mm-hmm. um and i feel like the i feel like a big thing is just how everything in those games is the reason people care about the characters in Toho 
is because everything in, in those games is sort of built to actually, like, characterize them, I yeah, think. Yeah, it really is. Like, I think... Yeah, I like, you learn you learn shit about Raisin mm-hmm. when you fight her. Yeah. From the song and from the from the time-warpy insanity Oh, man, bullet those, batters. those attacks are so good. I remember, like, Love first them. playing that game mm-hmm. and those attacks just breaking my fucking brain. Mm-hmm. Love that shit. Love that shit. And then just all the characters having their own tunes and their own... Yeah. Like, how memorable Sayori... Sayuri? Sayori, someone is, the stage four in Subterranean Animatism mm-hmm. is, because her song has that sort of Castlevania yes. vibe. Her song is so good. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. And I don't want to take anything away from Cape Shmups at all, like, if there are fans no. out there listening to those games. Mm-hmm. Like, it's totally fine that those games are more focused on being these mechanical Technical. monstrosities that are very hardcore and just... Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, Toho and Cave Shooters, like, they're entirely different beasts. They're built on entirely different, like, methodologies and, and ways of approaching them. And, yeah, like, if you play Cave Shmups, you're going to come to a Toho game and you're going to beat it easily. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't think Toho games, like, are there to ream you as hard as something, like, as mechanical... You know, like a mechanical game, like fucking yeah, Dodon like Dodon Pachi. Pachi or Ketsui. Yeah. Ketsui. Yeah. Take a break. Like, and you know what? They're still fucking expressive. Like, I played Ketsui, yeah. and it's murderous yeah. and hard. Yeah, Ketsui's murderous intent like... is evident from the start. <laughs> and it still has just that... It, there's still a shit ton of ambiance to soak up. Yeah. And the, tech, the technicality of it is sort of a big part of that ambiance. Yes. And I really respect... Um, what I played of Ketsui, and I'm kind of okay having that sort of a white whale type thing for me to strive for in the future, in the distant future. I wish you the best of luck on that journey. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, um, I want to, I want to make a plea to Sockcast yeah. listeners to please, please, please play Crimson Clover World Ignition. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yes. that's not the white whale. That is something to, that is the... Tuna, I might actually that be is able a game to that catch is, and eat. That is a game that is tuned very well, and it is mm-hmm. good enough. Like, if you stick with it, it feels really you're, good. You're gonna be able to do it. And fucking double break. You don't know how good <laughs> double breaking feels. It's that so game is just feels sinfully good. Yeah, it's oh so delicious. It is delicious. Hey, what if we make uh? bullet house them up and we just make blowing stuff up feel real good yeah and it's like fucking everything you got metals flying into your ship all the time and just oh my fucking God. you're eating bullets there's so for much, breakfast there's so much visual noise that it doesn't seem like it should be parsable and it, yeah. it totally is it totally you is going to this fucking trance and i will say again Clover. and i will say again if you want to get into bullet hell shooters and they're they're really too intense for you right like and they're really intimidating Try Jamestown. Cool. That, ga- that yeah, game is that game is really good training wheels for 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 bullet hell games. It like it works you through its difficulties in a way that will get you ready for something like Toho or a cave shooter. I guarantee mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and again, my first one that I beat was Imperishable Night. I think that's another great entry point. Yep, because it has all that lots of it's it's really fucking good, and it has all that. All the training wheel stuff, like the the extra well-tuned bombing window after you die, so you yeah. can save a life, and the spell card practicing. Yeah. 
So those are those are the Sox cast approved entry points for bullet hell schmups. Absolutely. Outside of that, you know, there's all the great shit like Axley and whatnot that yeah. aren't as intensely. Not I did a poll. Still I did good. a poll on um on Twitter of uh side scrollers which of which do you prefer vertical schmups versus horizontal schmups? Vertical schmups won like handily and yeah, I was like that seems to be uh, the overall consensus, consensus is that vertical shmups are kind of the thing that people still like just love more yeah i could not so vote weird, on that oh which is so weird because for me my my whole you know childhood experience was based on classics like blazon and whatnot yeah so <laughs> shut up God damn it. God damn it. You're I, not putting that one past me. I thought you were going to say, like, Gradius and R-Type or something. Yeah, that's where I was <laughs> going. Yeah, that's where well, I was going to go. I got into Shmups through Gradius and R-Type. Okay. Specifically. Because I was trying to find Blazon online, and <laughs> I found R-Type 3, and like, oh, this looks like... This look, is this part of the same series? Because I played Blazon back before I could read. Blazon so. <laughs> is a game it's someone a game. should poop on. Great. That wasn't Excellent. a very that wasn't a very good joke. I I I'm gonna apologize. My poop Poly- humor is usually top notch, but that Poly- was that wasn't very good. We forgive you for insulting. Not just like that game, not very good. Not very good. <laughs> I don't know. The song's kind of pretty. It's nice. And then you wait like twenty seconds then before the hawk comes out. And it's so seconds scary. Before fighting, you get to the enemy. end, and there's just like thirty seconds of nothing, and then an alarm suddenly rings out, and it With just teleports guy, you to the boss. It's, gonna it's super everything. freaky. Don't trust his saga-influenced mind. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that for a kid, that's pretty fucking scary. And like, you go into the room with the boss, and ugh, yeah, plays on. Blech. It sounds like the sound I make when I play Blazon. <laughs> I can't believe that Brett wasn't lying when he said there was a 45 second. <laughs> no. 45. The screen's just like, yep. nothing's happening. All right, I am. I'm done. Done talking about shmups. Let's throw it off to Polly. No, we're gonna throw it to Brett because that's yeah, the order you're going in order. Okay, I was looking at the. I was looking at the thing. Is like, oh, Brett has one. John Dunn forgot the format. All right, I prepared for this. You were prepared. I actually, I actually played through the newest Toho this week. Oh, did you? What's it called? <laughs> What's it even called at this point? Oh God, uh, Legacy of Lunatic Kingdom, I think. Oh God, you go, you go to the moon. Oh, the moon, but that was stolen. Uh, it's back now. You oh, fight okay. the rabbits on the moon. Uh, so I'm. I can't talk about much about that game because I only played it on easy, and my controller like won't. It, the game won't recognize the D-pad, Weird. so I have to play with the analog, which is not a good time. Oh no! Uh-oh. Yeah. So, which is why I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll do easy," because this is the one where the default mode in it. Mm-hmm. If you die, it just sends you back to like the last checkpoint. Oh! Then, like, wow, a Toho game that does that. Yeah, it's the the no the new no miss system. You like you oh. have to actually do a perfect run of the game, but you have unlimited <laughs> lives. Oh, and then, yeah. and then like every single spell card and non-spell card is a checkpoint. Like it's pretty forgiving, but okay, that's not too bad. That's interesting. It it's definitely designed around that though. Where like by the end on easy, it felt like normal difficulty basically. I where see. it's just like, man, this is some intense stuff for easy mode guys. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then 
for getting a air quotes one cc on easy it did it did unlock the extra mode Mm. and i was like oh so how are they gonna handle this and the answer is they're not it's just back to lives oh okay just threw that out the window yeah, Our big extra weird. mode just would not work with that system because you could just bang your head against it for a so, few hours and probably get through. Is this the mm-hmm. start of a new trilogy, or is this? I like, don't. Or do? Or are we even in like trilogy mode anymore? I don't think we're really in trilogy mode because this would be the third one mm-hmm. uh, from Ten Desires. Okay. Ten Desires, yeah. double dealing character, and then this one. Yeah, the but... three Toho trilogies: old, good, hard, and bad. Yeah, go. basically. So, so you mentioned Lunatic Moon. I got, I gotta ask, is is, uh-huh. is is my girl racing in it? Yes, she's playable. Oh, what? <clears throat> wait, what? Yeah, that's cool. Wait, 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 wait. My girl's playable. Yeah, I get. <laughs> I got, I gotta play this game. I didn't play this her though. I played a Sane. You're you're doing it wrong. That's why you sucked yeah. at it then. Her dialogue is just real dumb. She's an idiot. It's well, crazy. that's the whole. I. Have you noticed that all the characters I like in this series are dumb, Rhett? No, I'm talking about Sane, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't her like dialogue. Sane at all. Her dialogue's real Which dumb. Which one's Asane? She's the green hair girl in Mountain of Faith. Yeah, I don't oh. like her. She's boring and stupid. She's basically the Nepgear. Yeah. She... Oh, there's... <laughs> ouch! I like her more than Nepgear, though. Oh, no. There's a lot of... This is kind of some crossover between characters in this and characters in Neptunia. Even after like, Mega Nep, even after Mega, because Nepka had a good showing in that game. Oh geez, not we're not going through that again. Are we gonna have this argument again? That ending <laughs> argument, you little bitch. <laughs> and just one other observation I want to throw out is like you can see embodiment of Scarlet Devil as being Mega Man One. Uh-huh. And then PCB is Mega Man 2. Yeah. And then Perishable Night is Mega Man 3. Yeah. Where the second one is kind of the revolution, and then the third one is an evolution. That's, like, kind of technically better, but you can see why people who play the second who, yeah, one Yeah, who prefer one. PCB, yeah. yeah. Mm. Totally valid. I might. I might. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. And Yomu is real cute. <laughs> Even yes. though she's real friggin' hard in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I fucking love Yomu. She's, she's my ghost wifey. She's the softest. Yes, she is. Wait, what? <laughs> John, John, That's John, John. She's the softest. <laughs> I just came out of left field from the. <laughs> like, oh. Okay, so I identify very strongly with Patchouli as a teenager. Really? Continue. Yeah, I, like I, I wanted to just cuddle up in a giant <laughs> mound of fabric and read. Odd, odd choice for a teenage boy, I would think, when you're talking about Toho girls. <laughs> but, 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 classy as fuck, I'll give you that. Thank you. And Sakuya was hot. Continue. <laughs> I watched some other movies before we get back to more video games. <laughs> oh, yeah? What'd you want? Yeah. Hey, John, do you see that Doctor Strange movie? Uh-oh. Yeah, I did. It, I didn't tweet about it or say anything about it yeah. or think much about it. Uh, uh-oh. I really, I really liked it. It's so real I, pretty. It's real pretty. I saw oh, it. It's opening, really pretty. I saw it opening night, so like that uh-huh. really helped. Where the whole crowd was super into it and like laughing at every dumb joke. Because mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of a dumb lot jokes of in that movie. <laughs> you said good. I I said good. You said dumb. <laughs> wow. Did you read that? They're good dumb jokes. Yeah, they're good dumb jokes. Okay. Anna, Anna, we bu- Anna bought some Maker's Mark at the theater bar for the first time, 
and drank that during the movie, and she said it helped her enjoy it a lot more. <laughs> and then, Continue. like, everyone was saying, like, the cape kind of steals the show in a weird way. <laughs> There's the an animated cape, like the carpet in, in Aladdin. Yeah. And it's and, real cute. And it's the best character. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like I'm really shitting. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if a cape is the best thing you got going for your superhero movie. The cape is, the cape's real good. Mm -hmm. Alright, so thematically, thematically it kind of felt to me like, you know what, I had this big, I had this big thing with Anna where, like, I want to, you just say what you actually thought first before I monologue over you. I mean, I liked it, but it has very obvious problems, but it was just a fun movie. Like, Mm -hmm. I really liked how the final battle was resolved. Yeah, it was super like, clever. That was super clever. Mm-hmm. And then, like like you said, like the visuals are insane in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole last sequence that basically goes in reverse. Yeah. It's just like, how in the hell did you guys do this? Like, the trailers didn't really show anything at all. Mm-hmm. Like, the trailers only focused on this one specific gimmick called the Mirror World. And then there's actually a lot more in the movie that's not hinted at it all and that was nice that they didn't just spoil the whole thing mm-hmm. it is probably the most visually imaginative marvel movie yeah or none definitely yeah but yeah some stuff like the main villain besides the the thing at the end like mm-hmm. the human yeah just whatever just the worst <laughs> like oh yeah. had, he had no concept of like his motivations or him as a character really mm-hmm He's kind of like every a bunch of Marvel villains. Yeah, like, he was just the like guy in Guardians of the Galaxy. No, <laughs> like they could have called this guy like Generico or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like at least just a big, the big baddie at the end. It felt like yeah. a setup of that because of how they resolve it. But yeah. with the other guy, it's just like, ugh. Yeah, I was so glad that they actually did that final battle because I was like, man, you you can't tease this the whole movie and then not do it, and then they did, and I'm like, okay. Thumbs up. When they, were, when they were in the city doing the big city thing, I was like, "Oh shit, is this the climax? Yeah, exactly. This is the climax. I'm gonna be bummed." And then it wasn't. So yeah, felt good. So yeah, it was like a movie I really liked seeing it, and then kind of haven't thought about until then, till yeah. now. It was like Civil War for me. It was I liked it more than Civil War, probably. Like, mm, see, I, I can't go with that one. Civil War, like, for me, was the one that elevated Marvel stuff. Okay, where because that. Was so focused for... on the characters, like it was a good showpiece, but like having that emphasis on the characters and like their struggle, like okay, it felt bigger than just that one movie because it's been a thing that they'd been building towards for a while. It's kind of like the real Avengers too. Oh yeah, definitely. The fucking Ultron was like yeah, exactly. Avengers one point two. Yeah, it was just a bunch of noise in Avengers two. Um. Yeah. Which is, it's like the thing that people say those movies are. Yeah. Without really, like, thinking about them or giving them a chance. Mm-hmm. I think I think my thing with Doctor Strange was that thematically it kind of just felt like a worse Iron Man 1. Yeah, definitely. It's Especially yeah. the first, like, half hour is just like, oh, it's Iron Man again. Exactly. Like, except with magic now. Mm-hmm. Iron, Man, Iron Man 1 is cool because the, the action is completely forgettable. But people adore that movie because all the character stuff is so yeah, sharp. The characters and, uh, yeah, characters are real good. Exactly, and so the the forgettable action doesn't matter. But then Doctor Strange has like infinitely more interesting, better action stuff. But because it's but the character writing just isn't as sharp, I think. Mm. But I think those those movies definitely succeed more when they're more about the characters, like yeah. Civil War to me. 
and mm-hmm. not. And I think Doctor Strange is more of that too. Yeah, yeah, and I like that one. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like Ultron was just like, hey, let's just blow up stuff for two hours. Mm-hmm. It's just exhausting. And it's on another level of functionality yeah. um, than Ultron, which is not. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I told you, Big Hero Six and Zootopia and whatnot. Like those are on a much, those are still on a higher level to me than something like Ultron, or like fucking Jurassic World is just the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. With that, I never saw that. Thank God, I dodged a bullet. Yeah. So then, Doctor Strange is like, I can moan a bit, but it's functional yeah. enough that I had a blast watching it. So that says something. Yeah. I'm kind of starting to get like worried about Avengers: Infinity War stuff though, because it's just like, oh, are they just gonna like? cram as much action into these as possible because that's where do not... they go because like, that's how looks escal- good in trailers yeah. yeah how the hell do they escalate from here i mean basically every one of these movies has basically been about infinity stones i noticed they... that with this one like geez uh-huh. these things really are just in all of them at this point well, and mean, it's just kind of exhausting dog if they're infinity stones there's infinite of them <laughs> There's, there's six. Come on. There's actually six of them. That's not very <laughs> infinite. <laughs> it's I like just checked. Different... I just checked, and uh, six uh, is definitely not infinite. <laughs> I do. I put that into my Google machine just now, and Google mm-hmm. says, uh, "This is Google's direct quote." Nuh-uh. It's like if they had a different Harry Potter movie for every Horcrux, <laughs> it would just been like, oh. I totally I mean, I get that's... that. I totally get that because I understand um, Harry Potter. I guess <laughs> I'm that's like, what, yeah, that's not what the Adventure Zone is doing, but they make it work because every story is completely, yeah, feels yeah. complete and interesting on its own. Your requisite socks cast McElroy plug. <laughs> oh my god, I had a moment today where I was like, oh, I'm out of McElroy content. I've watched Carboys. I listened to the new Adventure Zone. Don't worry, twenty the... minutes will pass, and, and then <laughs> five minutes later, touch the Skyrim episode two, and I'm like, okay. Watch that. <laughs> I just rewatched the dumb uh, Monster Factory Sims I, Sims Two. Uh, Second the, Life. I just rewatched, life. I rewatched that yesterday. Oh my god, that is the best ever. I think dogs oh. should be able to vote. <laughs> <laughs> um the the new the latest Adventure Zone arc, two episodes in extremely extremely zero escape inspired i need to get i need to oh, get on that you need to get on that it's real good hmm. so yeah and dr strange is a fun time yeah. uh, and i and i also saw the movie arrival mm-hmm. how was that i'm really excited i mean really interested. Uh, okay i enjoyed it in the theaters and then it's like boy i would definitely probably never watch this again is it like it's, a harrowing watch or a forget bad boring watch? It's it's a very slow movie. Okay. Like there's one thing they did early on where like they build up a thing for like 10 minutes and then right when you're about to get there they cut away and I'm just like fucking what? <laughs> I wanted to yell in the theater. God, that's what Godzilla was like. The okay, it's not that. Ba- it's definitely not that bad. Good. Okay, <laughs> I had people like defending that fucking movie to me today. <laughs> like people really were into Godzilla, Gareth Edwards Godzilla, and I'm just like, what movie did you watch? I didn't hate it, but jeez, yeah, like, like that's stuff. the that's the hill you'll die on right now. Is Gareth Edwards Godzilla? 
Sorry, continue. Yeah. I mean, a side story. We saw, my dad and I saw a trailer for, like, the new King Kong. And he's like, oh, God, another remake. And I'm like, oh, they got a whole thing planned out. Because next they're going to do Godzilla versus King Kong. And he's like, oh, they're going to make another new Godzilla. And he's, I'm like, they just did one, like, two years ago. And he's like, they did? <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, we saw it in theaters, dude. <laughs> we, di- we did? <laughs> he, like, totally forgot that movie. Wow. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Arrival was okay, I guess. Like, there's a movie. So when we're walking out, my dad goes, oh, we just saw a sequel to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but that was better. And I'm like, if I say what movie, it would, like, spoil this whole thing. Oh, uh, Oh, okay. okay. But it's not actually a sequel. No. Yeah, I'm kind of ready to watch not a franchise movie right now. Another movie that kind of did the exact same thing, but just way better. Mm. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. All right, I'm there's, interested. I'm there's interested. one really good piece of music in Arrival, and then like when I got home, I was like, oh, this is actually from something else. Like it's not even an original. Ouch. That was a real bummer. The one thing that like, it had going for it. Yeah, because music in movies is like such not a thing anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they just literally copy each other. The Doctor Strange had like the two moments where they played a harpsichord, and I was like, "Well, that's cool." But then... everyone kept talking about the music in that, and I don't remember any of it. Like it was just they played a harpsichord. Of... They played a boring harpsichord thing for about ten seconds, and that was the only thing that was um, memorable because okay. harpsichords are at least kind of weird. Yeah, cool. It's not an orchestra, at least, mm-hmm. or a boring cool. techno loop. Do 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 do. Is that Harry Potter again? No, it's it's. I just made that up as like back, boring background noise. Yeah, Marvel boring movie. background music from movie A. That's from disc yeah. three of the boring background music for your <laughs> movie series. Yeah. Polly, yo, what's, what's up? What you been doing? I played a video game. I did one of those. I did uh, one of those. You guys can still stay tuned. So what, so what Toho did you play? <laughs> I didn't play any Toho, unfortunately. Wait, what? Nope, no Tahoe's for me this week. Oh, a Neptunia game. I'm going to have... No, uh, no <laughs> unfortunately. Nope, no, no, no Neptunia or Toho, unfortunately. I feel like I've let everybody down. Okay, well no. then what's left? What is left? I mean, like, video games start and end with Toho and Neptunia, right? Sonic. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sonic 2, and, and then they made Sonic Knuckles. 3, and then there was no more. All good. Um, so, you guys, are you guys uh, in any way familiar with like old isometric adventure oh. games like Equinox, Solstice, Head Over Heels, games like that? I really want to play Landstalker, but I haven't actually played it. I don't think Landstalker really fits that genre. Yeah, these uh, are more puzzle games. Yeah, these are like okay. puzzly, like obtuse little games, and like the perspective mm-hmm. is like. Uh, like the perspective oh. is supposed to be part of the difficulty, which I think is just kind of stupid. <laughs> like I, know, I don't, yeah. think, I don't think that these games have ever been all that great, and I think they're mostly fondly remembered because people paid for them and you had to play them. <laughs> you pay for a game, you just gotta fucking play it because Steam I played didn't one. exist. You played one. I played one. Naya's Quest by Terry Kavanaugh. Okay. It's 15 minutes long, fucking awesome, and the perspective actually does work really well with it. Oh, see, well, that's like people actually getting it. 
But uh, yeah. I played uh, I played um, an update of this kind of game. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called Lumo, and it is very adorable. I mean, you just you just look at the screenshots, and it it just oozes all the charm that like I think that those games do have because they always tend to have like really cute designs and all that fun stuff. But it's essentially just you know like a cute little puzzly platformy game from that perspective and the perspective is part of the difficulty um and um lumo is like it it, it's a love letter to this genre uh it's made by a guy that made one of those games i (laughs) i really fucking researched this shit um (laughs) but uh it's a modern update they give you the option of playing with those old ass controls where like down moves you diagonally down and it's real weird and just Mm kind of funky but you can also play with modern controls where controls actually make sense um and uh, i think that this game like starting out you 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 can't even jump you you can't you've got to find the ability to jump somehow uh, which is really kind of funny, um, but it's it's one of those games is really what I can say. It's just kind of for the modern era. It's got a really great sense of style to it. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the visuals. I think the soundtrack really nice ambiance. Uh, it's got some cute little breaks in the gameplay. It was like, oh shit, here's a minecart level. What? And then there's yeah, this... it looks, just looks like a really cute puzzle platformer. Looking at the trailers, and then there's and then and, and then there's like my favorite part is like you're in this big ass maze, the big ass hedge maze, and you don't realize it until you start looking around. But like it's 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 fucking Pac-Man because you've got to go to the four corners. <laughs> oh jeez! And you've got to drag these four ghosts to the center to kill them. Um, but like you get a little staff, and it's mostly used to light the way and to like find hidden platforms and things like that. Um, it's a game that, that that for the most part it tries to develop its own visual and interactive language, where the game doesn't tell you what things do when you find them, or it doesn't explicitly spell out how to do puzzles. It's just like okay, I've, I'm in a room and like there's this glowing box, and like I jump on the box and it doesn't do nothing. So I jump off of the box, and the box disappears. It's like, okay. Okay, now I've got the box. So when I jump again, I've, I've got the box. Like, the box appears under me. So when I land again, I'm at a higher plane. And you obviously would use that for, you know, some platforming puzzles. And that kind of, like, mm-hmm. that's just kind of, like, a, a, a bit of how the, 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 the game language kind of works and how the gameplay works. And, like, every room is its own little unique puzzle and these little what people would consider maybe throwaway gimmicks where like one of them is just like you're put in the room where they're like, there's just <laughs> this cannon shooting little nerf balls. And it's just like, all you got to do is just get on the cannon and shoot at the target. <laughs> it's like, okay, that was, that was a puzzle, I guess. Um, it's full of these cute little diversions. It's, it's, it feels nice to play. Like the perspective isn't used for like devious purposes of making things just hard for the sake of being hard or, or or anything of the sort and for the most part it's what it's just a nice little pleasant game to play that's really lovely cool. this looks super just pleasant and nice and up my alley and just and like a nice platformer to live in then the ice then, then the ice level happens oh no And this is where Lumo decides that it's time to throw out 
all of the ways that we've made this game, this kind of game, more playable, fun, and engaging. <laughs> and it feels like it was designed by the same people that made these games back then where, oh, look, I died 250 times in one room because the perspective's stupid. Or, hey, look, there's these bumpers that just bump you in a random direction in the ice level where, I'm all, where, where I never lose momentum. It's real great. Or, hey, look, okay, you, got, you can't have an ice level without an ice block puzzle. How about that? You guys like ice block puzzles? Those are fun. How about an ice block level? How, how about an ice block level with an ice block puzzle where you've got to create a set of stairs to lead yourself up to a door? So you got to fuck around with three ice blocks. That's real fun. Only the slightest tap by you or another block will destroy that block and all the work you've done that's real fun so get oh and mm. and, and and since and since the ice blocks are only one tile wide jumping on top of them to reach the door you need to get to is way more difficult than it should be because you never stop fucking moving boy i love ice i love ice levels <laughs> they're so good and then the game doesn't stop being shitty from there Oh, man. Because then it you goes. Had, it had me for a minute because I'm like, boy, I thought those old games were like really fucking difficult. This one sounds pleasant. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it is for the first half, and then you get to the mm. back half of the game, and it is a miserable slog. And I didn't finish it because I got to a point to where um, I'm going up this tower, and every floor of the tower has precision platforming which is very difficult like i'm talking pixels matter here and you gotta solve puzzles and if you fall you're gonna likely end up all the way back down at the bottom of the tower now now you two have a have a little more experience with game design than i do so i need to ask you a very important question Mm -hmm. what is the point of making a player repeat a puzzle when they've already finished it. Uh, Other oh. than pointless, boring tedium. Oh, there isn't one. Yeah. Yeah, you're just doing it to be boring and tedious. That's what I thought. So that's when I said, fuck you, Lumo. F, get the fuck out of my library. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> the entire second half of that game is so much of a contrast to the first half. Like, the minute you step into the ice stage, it's just like, what the fuck happened? It's not even a question of, like, like I can handle difficult platforming, but there are so many things that are just, like, straight-up dickish. Like I mentioned, the little bumpers. Like, there are these bumpers that just fly around the room, and when they hit you, they don't bump you in a direction that's predictable you'll just go flying where the fuck ever it doesn't make any sense it's not fun it's stupid that's crazy was the game hard at all before that point yes it was decently difficult but it felt like a challenge that was fair mm. like oh okay like i i that was my bad i fucked that up i knew what i should have been doing and for some reason like it feels like both halves of this game were designed by two different people with two different mindsets of what this game was supposed to be. Because the last half of this, like, I got, I think, like, every every stage is basically, like, its own separate map. And there are 14 total in the game. 
And I got to 13 and said, fuck it, you ain't worth it anymore. Like, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Like, it just, like, why do I have to keep doing this dumb block puzzle that I already know the solution to? Why do I push this stupid spring over to this door? Like, why do all the, like, if the puzzles didn't reset, I wouldn't have been as pissed as I got at this stupid game. I take that back. I probably would be because some of the fucking platforming and and, and, and <laughs> the traps and, and the fucking obstacles you have to get through are ridiculous. Like, I looked up on YouTube, like, the end game shit that I skipped, and it was just like, there is just no fucking way I'd have the patience. There's not enough deodorant in the world for me to sit through this. It's just, <laughs> what? I, like, how did it fuck up so bad? Like, I was, I was enjoying this game so much. Yeah. And then, like, once I got to the ice stages, it was like, oh, man, I am not having fun. And then I got to the next part, and it's just like, oh, good. I fall down and get to redo all the puzzles. This is just, it's not worth my time. I feel like the game was just willingly wasting my time. That and it just, it just That's felt the worst awful. feeling. Yeah. Like, I wanted that it game sounds, to have a Sounds like you made the right finish. call. This sounds a lot like the Tower of Babel and Xeno Gears. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. Where it's just like, oh boy, random battles and shitty platforming. What a great combo. Oh great, I fell. Look what yeah. happens. I get to do all that again. And the shitty yeah. thing about Xeno Gears and the Tower of Babel is like all of the, the, the encounters there aren't random. They're actually, oh, really? they're all uh. scripted and they're all scripted to be on the platforms that you're jumping to. Ugh. And when you God. fall back down and kind of have to come back up, those fucking things respawn. So, Ugh. yeah, it's real shit when you miss a jump. Yeah. I really, a... really wanted this game to be good. Uh, just replay the first half again. There you go. There you go. <laughs> just play I, already <laughs> un- I already uninstalled it and put it in the uh-uh folder. Yeah. <laughs> I get we, you. we all have one of those on Steam. Yeah. Hey, mine's labeled Don't Care. <laughs> Ouch! Mine's labeled uh uh-uh. uh. Mine is trash. Ouch! <laughs> yeah, I would unfortunately. Wins. I would unfortunately be throwing Lumo in the trash. And it fucking makes me angry because it's so good for the first half. That's it real looks crazy. so charming in the trailers. And then just like the second half of the game is just so malicious and just pointlessly difficult. I don't mind difficult games. I play a lot of difficult games. It's just, this is difficult for, like, all the wrong fucking reasons. And when you fail, you feel like you wasted your time. Not like you're being, like, you know, tasked with something that you haven't quite wrapped your head around. It's like, no, I've solved this dumb fucking puzzle three times. And the only reason I had to do it again is because I missed one fucking (laughs) jump by a pixel. That's, that's real shitty. Yep. I remember in The Witness, there's a few puzzles that undo themselves when you fail the next one, Ugh. and people got mad about that, but there was always a reason why that happened. Mm-hmm. But in this, it's just like, if it's a block-pushing puzzle and you get it, like... There's the keep you on brute-forcing. It was the make you make it so that you couldn't just brute-force your way through yeah. 50 puzzles in a row, which would have been so boring. But it's all, And it's, it's all, so tempting. Yeah. But there was always, like, it's trying to teach you the rules, and... If you screw up the next puzzle, then you didn't understand the rules. Mm. Oh, how'd Cloud Belt get in there? What? I was, I was looking <gasps> at <my cloud. gasps> Wow, you've got Cloud Damn Belt you. in your don't care folder? 
I've got cloud built pin. Pin? Oh. Are you fucking Dude. kidding me? Oh my god, how did dust is in there? You're you're fired. That's what? it. No. That is Dude, it. What the fuck? You are out of the call, there? bud. You're done. Out. Done. <laughs> fired. Done. I think those are the those only are ones like that would three... make y'all mad. Three socks cast approved games in your you're don't in my garbage folder. Wow, mother or Bionic Commando 09. I, there, it's not so much. This is my trash forever folder. This shut up, John. <laughs> Nobody fucking likes you. You're out. You're done. No more socks cast for you. Man, right? This podcast is just way better now, isn't it? You actually did it. <laughs> How much better is this podcast now, Rhett? It's a lot quieter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you actually kicked it out. <laughs> ah, man. Okay, okay, you're going to re- re-invite him. What? Why would I do that? <laughs> ah, we have fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> John, get those fucking games out of your folder now. I'm working on it. You better be. Of course. I want a screenshot. Right this second. I want a screenshot. Okay, okay. I'm busy posting a screenshot of y'all kicking me out of the call on Facebook. (laughs) On Twitter, I mean. Yeah, Facebook is for trolling relatives. Yeah. Yes. It finally happened. Like, John said something so (laughs) fucking disgusting. Just an Elysian tail in your don't. <laughs> the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> it's not my trash folder, it's my don't care folder. That's different. You're in my don't care folder. Yeah. <laughs> Consider John. I got, I got, I got, I got everybody separated into contact groups, and John has officially entered the uh uh-uh uh group. Oh, that's funny. You're trying to figure out how screenshots work again. <laughs> okay, we are doing a podcast, dude. All right, so! Continue. So, yeah, Lumo. Did you, did, just, did you play any other video games? I, pl- I played other video games, but I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll talk about them. I'll talk about them. In due time. Maybe I moved them all to my trash folder and I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Maybe that's it! But yeah, I, I unfortunately I, I Lumo does not get the socks Castilla quality and I it, so fucking badly wanted it to. It sounds like they just didn't learn any lessons from those old NES games. Where it's they're like just the thing like, is, hey, let's let's do another real shitty hard platformer. How did the thing. first half happen then? Maybe they knew they had to make it a little accessible so people could get into it and then be broken. And then make the game they really wanted to make. Yeah, basically. My god, no. It's just, that's... Man, it's hard to think of a game that's really let me down like that since, like, Transistor. Because oh. Transistor, it's <laughs> not bad. Transistor isn't bad, it's just really disappointing. And I was just like, when I finished it, I was like, eh, boy. I never boy. finished it. And, I kept and, trying. And, like, I wanted this game to be good, too. It's just like, like man, it's so cute. It's so charming. It's it's playable. And then, <laughs> poop the bed. Just pooped all over the place. Just wallowed around in it for hours afterward. 
singing it, singing a song to itself about how much it liked wallowing in. I left wallowing in my own poop. I'm Lumo. Everybody sing along if you like poop. I'm singing. All right, that's Lumo. John. Yeah. What else have you been up to? Um. Sure, I saw... I'll play this. You're just asking for it now, John. <laughs> This fucker posted a screenshot. He's posted a screenshot now. I will update everybody. He's up. He's posted a screenshot of sure. I'll play this in a category. He's got cloud built, dust, and lazy and tail, and pit in there. No, he doesn't have pit. I'm screaming. Put pit in there. I didn't put pit in there. Yeah, pit. Pit is in there. Are you blind? Oh. There are three games in the list, and one of them is pit. The thumbnail didn't show the whole thing. It's okay. A, it is a very short title for yeah. a game, it, is a so short it got title. cropped out. You can't even Google this game. It's very hard to find. Mm. Lumo is also very hard to find. <laughs> but it deserves to be because it's poop. And it made me angry. I'm not going to say that it deserves to be because of P- I think game developers It's don't. pretty fun watching games become popular and then suddenly become much easier to Google. Yeah. Um... So what okay. what else are you doing, John? Hopefully, Have you read um, Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets, and Prisoner of Azkaban, uh-huh. which is pretty fun. Those I read those books just hell and back over and over and over as a kid. They were really nice and important for me. Anna picked up Sorcerer's Stone too, and she kind of said, "You know how some people, when times are kind of tough, they go to the Bible." Yeah, this is sort of <laughs> like that for me. <laughs> is going back to Harry Potter. And basically in the same boat. Um, Harry Potter is real important to us, if you did not know. Oh, Um, I never would have (laughs) guessed. When when you stay at a hotel, do you leave a copy of Harry Potter in the... Yes, it does. (laughs) does. Oh, God, we should. I remember living... I lived in a tiny Georgia town when Harry Potter started becoming a popular thing, so I heard a lot from my classmates about how it was the devil's book. Oh, yes, it is the devil's book. It is the devil's book. So did Anna, which makes it rad. Yes, Anna Island had book burnings for oh, Harry Potter and Pokemon card. Man, book burnings make me laugh so much because you're still giving the author money. Like, what are you even saying? <laughs> what are you even saying? Cap- cap- capitalism is the true god. You're the most ineffective fucking idiots that ever walked the planet Earth. You dumb fucks. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm not kidding about that. Like, actually, that went down like barbecuing Pokemon cards. <laughs> I could get down to barbecuing some Pokemon cards because if you're going to put barbecue sauce on something, it's going to be awesome. Harry Potter thrown out of the library. Uh, and also Harry Potter is kind of was kind of the spiritual touchstone of sorts as of late. Right. Yeah. Cool. Barbecuing a Pokemon card. Now, that's what I call a Charizard. Damn it! I was going there! I was going there and you stole it! I got you! You got me! You got me! Somebody's looking to get kicked out of this call. (laughs) Is that going to be a thing now? (laughs) Stole the joke telepathically. Kicked. Fucking done. (laughs) Fucking done. Take your five minute time out. Um... But yeah, I read, reread Prison of Azkaban. That's the one that has... That was the first one that was actually like a good movie. Um, because instead of like the first one where they got Christopher Columbus to do them, 
who's kind of a hack, right? Like I don't I know. Think, he was. I think he was good in the eighties, and then did, like had Home a decade Alone. of shit. He did Home Alone in the first Gremlins. Yeah. So, but most of his output is pretty hacky, and the first two adaptations are that. Like I remember as a kid feeling disappointed seeing the third one because they actually made ad- adaptive choices. And I remember thinking, that was so much, that was so short. It was barely any movie. But all three of the first three movies are almost, are like approaching three hours long. It's just that Prisoner of Azkaban feels like a normal movie because it moves so much quicker that you don't feel it. Um, But yeah, that was the cool thing was reading that book and basically really, really further respecting Alfonso Cuaron's adaptation of the first, of the third Harry Potter book. Because... Because, I mean, third Harry Potter book was still, like, children's book by the new, kind of newly inexperienced writer. Whereas the Alfonso Cuaron was Alfonso Cuaron. So he basically took what was a really good story already and just made it this amazing, eternal thing, I think. Um, Because that was always my favorite one as a kid, because it has time travel. Mm. Um. Y'all have a lot of Harry Potter yeah. background, I'm, I can tell, right? I oh, am just so died. into Harry Potter. Like, I'm, like, I live, I live at the, that, um, Pigwarts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sli- sli- sly guy. Yeah, you're sly guy, sly guy. Yeah. You got a mask and you, that, you killed, that's my you killed owl. Bumblebee. <laughs> And I have they call me f- f- um, Phineas Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> and I have had tickets to Universal all year, so we've gone like eight hundred times, eight, like eight times, and we spend most of the time in Harry Potter World every single time. We have we bought we wore all our merchandise. They know you the, by name. You're on a first name basis. I bought a Slytherin um, pin that says Head Boy, and Anna pointed out. <laughs> Anna pointed out if you pronounce, if you emphasize it like head boy, it sounds very different than if you say head boy, which. It sounds like you, you suck people's dicks, I think is what she's saying. So we bought the head boy um, pin and the guy, and we kept laughing while we were purchasing it. And this guy, um, oh man, he said something like. Who'd you have to bump off to get that? Oh my god. <laughs> because Slytherins are so evil, they'll kill kill the person to get the higher position. But yeah. he said, who'd you have to bump off to become the new head boy? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Harry Potter world is amazing. And we just laughed our way out of the store, and he was just like, oh, I, they must have really appreciated my joke. <laughs> that joke's real good. Well, you got it. <laughs> So I felt real good. Oh, head boy. Um, Oh, head boy over there. We're big on the Harry Potter expanded cultural presence. Yeah. Um, Like the website with all the quizzes and extended lore, the the rides. Are you a muggle? I'm a muggle. What? Are you a muggle? Moogles. Moogles. Anna's a Ravenclaw. This is very important that you get it right. Right. I want to be Phineas Wizard. Phineas Wizard isn't a character in Harry Potter Potter. <laughs> I thought okay. he was. There's Phineas... Isn't that who Jeremy Irons plays? 
Anna, who, was there a Phineas in Harry Potter? It's Phineas Wizard. Dude, I know my fucking <laughs> Harry Potter, okay? What? Back on track, please. Well, could you start over from the beginning, say into the microphone? Oh, um, I think Phineas Nigellus Black was Sirius's great great uncle or grandfather or something. Fucking boom! And he had a portrait in Dumbledore's office. And so he was like, they used it to communicate between Phineas uh, Wizard. I'm right. <laughs> okay, so never mind. I I told Polly that there wasn't a Phineas in Harry Potter, and I'm totally full of it. And it's a pretty obscure, fin- obscure Phineas. Yeah. Because well, that's how deep I am into the Harry, <laughs> my HP lore. He was terrible. Okay, he, Phineas was terrible and racist, Polly. He hated um, Muggleborn, basically. Dog, I'm terrible uh, and racist, too. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Yeah. We really like Harry Potter, and we've dug deep, real deep into it. Um, we saw the new movie. I think um, I think I want to see it again and kind of stew on it some more, basically. It's David Yates who did the back four movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, at this point, David Yates' voice kind of defines the series as almost as much as J.K. Rowling's, because he defined just the tone and approach of all the stories moving forward from book five. Yeah. Um, after Alfonso Cuaron was like, hey, these movies can be good. And then the fourth one was good, and then David Yates took over. Um, so he made this really, really charming. We saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and it was super-duper charming. And I kind of, like, we kind of, like, had an argument, like, figuring out, like, how we felt about the movie, and I think we need to kind of stew on it some more. Mm. But, Yeah. yeah. Just like the same, sort of the same thing with Doctor Strange or whatnot, where it's like, how how do I feel about the character writing in this? Because all the texture stuff is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, so kind of interested in seeing where they go from there with that series. With yeah, since they got since they got four new movies planned, right? I know. Oh God, really? Uh, oh, we're saying <laughs> they did the they did the oh look, this is the first box. entry in their new franchise bullshit. Yeah. So that's annoying. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, so we'll figure that out. But there's a lot of, it's a complicated sort of, we had sort of a complicated reaction, so we're going to dig into that further. Gotcha. Movies are weird. It made me want to be seek out more movies and just kind of like, <clears throat> kind of reground myself in what I like. That's and true. figuring out what I like, you know. Yep. Totally get you. Totally get you, dog. Love you, Anna. Thanks for coming in. Telling us about Phineas Wizard. <laughs> I told you. God. There you go. Um, are you sh- all right. We can go. We can do more Harry Potter. I mean, y'all are ready, right? I'm just so on board. Uh, like, man. Why would you talk about everything? Like, I can talk, tell you all about my experiences with the Game Boy Color game. <laughs> okay. How about, or maybe I can just throw it off to Red right now and he can talk about mm. what else is there, Red? Oh, there's one thing. So I I did play a video game this week uh-huh. or or t- two weeks. Uh, You've been going I, I balls deep on this interesting game. Tone. Interesting yeah, tone you got there. I've yeah. got a lot of hours in this game. Yeah, <laughs> very little time owning it. I've been playing Dragon's Dogma: Dark Arisen. Hear mm-hmm. nothing but good about that game. Do you? Yeah. 
I mean, it struck struck me as kind of a cult classic, which I was always like games that do something really well, uh-huh. but kind of at the expense of other things. Like they always seemed like kind of flawed in some way. Yeah, but but That's often those kind of... games are like worth picking out. Like Deadly Premon- oh, yeah, definitely. Deadly Premonition is a prime example of a game that is a cult oh. classic, <laughs> but it is kind of a nightmare to play. Yeah, this is oh. not that at least. This plays well, but then it maybe falls apart. And I'm coming off a little too negative on this okay. though, so let's. I got I have a lot to unpack about this. That I'm mm-hmm. not sure where to start. Uh so the, this is an action RPG. It has real-time combat, which is really cool. And the combat is almost kind of PSOE in a way, like PSO, PSU. Like one of the first sword skills I got is just like basically an uppercut. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, it's, ri- it's just straight up rising slash from PSU, where mm-hmm. this enemy goes like 30 feet up in the air and then tumbles down right in front of you. I'm like, that's cool. That's fun stuff. Yeah. So, and this game is super emphasized on, like, four-player. Not not four-player, but four characters in your party. Mm. Which also makes it feel... Very, very PSOE. PSOE revenant. That's cool. So, this story and, like, theme of this game is super weird. Because your character is a unique character called the Arisen. At the start of the game, your heart gets torn out by a dragon. Ouch. Badass. And then... The dragon's like, come get me if you want it, basically. And they're like, oh, you're still alive. You're the Arisen. So there are these characters, humans in the world known as pawns. Oh. Who, like, have no free will of their own. They just exist to serve the Arisen. That's but kind of a bummer. They were always there before you basically had this happen to you. Yeah. So, like... <clears throat> I can't tell if it's some weird meta thing of, like, them acknowledging that this is a dumb video game and, hey, here are these people you can hire to be your servants. Right. Uh-huh. It's it's super weird. And then you get to make your own pawn, you're like, your primary pawn, so... Your PP, if you will. Yeah. So, for my main character, I made Astra, and then for my main pawn, I made Ether. Like, I'm very predictable with how I make characters in games. So, and then to get your other two pawns, because you can have a four-character party, you have to use other people's main pawns. Because there's a whole online system in this game where, like, when you're offline, your main pawn will be going into other people's games and playing with them. That's... It's super weird. That's that's the thing that I've always kind of, like, been interested in and how that works. Because I know, like, Eric talked a lot about it. And it just seemed like a really cool and interesting thing where, like, your pawn would go help people and they could send yeah. it back with gifts and stuff. Yeah, so, like, when you dismiss a pawn, like, you can send an item with them and then, like, score them on, like, battle ranking or, like, appearance. And, like, I'll just give everybody five stars not to be a jerk. Yeah. And, yeah, you can send an item with them that'll show up back in their game. And, like, it doesn't actually, like, make you be <laughs> offline for them to do stuff because that would be super annoying if you have somebody hired and they sign on and your pawn just disappeared that'd be bummer yeah so like i've just been playing and then all of a sudden you stop at the end and your pawn is like oh by the way i was also at another player's game during all this you here's the cheater (laughs) yeah it's kind of cool though yeah it is it's really cool so and the pawns are super chatty which is also kind of weird because it seems like it conflicts with the whole not free the will whole thing. Not having free will thing, yeah. But they're mm. super chatty. And like there's a ton of dialogue for them where like they will always like have 
several lines of dialogue directly relating to whatever quest you're on. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, now we should head towards this tower and talk to so-and-so. Like, they're acting like people. That's really weird. It kind of goes yeah. against the palm thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, when you're out in the field, they're like, oh, the road splits here. Which way should we go? And they're re- and then they'll call out, like, enemy weaknesses. Like, this one's weak to lightning. I'm like, that stuff's really neat. They just maybe could have toned down how often they're calling that stuff out. Oh. Um, it's, like, almost nonstop. <laughs> and I guess you could have subtitles on, which makes it even worse. Oh, where it's God. just, like, flooding the left side of the screen with, He's weak to lightning! Lightning is effective! I'll cast lightning! <laughs> Do a homing attack, Sonic! <laughs> it's Okay, it's not as bad as that, thank God. <laughs> and I guess when they did the PC version, or maybe the Dark Arisen expansion, like you can you can straight up turn them off, but I, and I never got annoyed enough to where I actually wanted to do that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it is helpful at times, like knowing what the enemy weaknesses are. Uh, so, Action RPG, there are nine classes, mm-hmm. and for some reason, the pawns can't be three of them. Oh. Which kind of makes... So the Arisen can... ...class... ...warrior or mage slash archer. Right. Like, the pawns can only kind of be the pure classes, like the two warriors, the two archers, the two mage ones. Mm-hmm. So it kind of feels like it forces you into being the hybrids, because those are, like, the best classes that they yeah. are like, no, we can't give yeah, those makes pawns. Sense. So I went with kind of the magic knight who focuses on buffs and stuff. Mm. And, uh, yeah, you really want to have a healer pawn a lot, because I tried playing a mage earlier, and they are just not fun at all. <laughs> oh, no. Because the spell casting in this game is, like, unbelievably slow. Like, the super basic heal spell is, like, five seconds. Uh. Which is a long time in, a, like, a fast action game. Like, could you imagine that in PSO? Oh, my God. Like, that would be murder. Yeah, try and to throw even... off a rest of five seconds. Yeah, while standing totally still, while being totally defenseless. Get them Garanzas in here. Let's do it. Ugh. And then, like, people are like, don't actually upgrade that because the second version, like, the second tier, takes eight seconds to cast. Oh, my God. And so, and if you're (laughs) playing, you can, like, cancel that out in the middle and just do the five-second one when it's ready. The pawns will always cast the longer version. Oh, so they're just always set to use the highest. They're always trying to... The highest yeah. one. That's yeah. dumb. The, the AI isn't great in a lot of aspects, which kind of... That kind of breaks the game in a way, yeah. because that's what it's built on. Yeah. Mm. Well, it definitely makes your character kind of... Without, like, actually lowering the stats, kind of like in PSO, like, the AIs and that are hilariously oh. weak, usually. <laughs> They're hilariously terrible. Yeah. They aren't that bad, because, like, they will do damage. Like, like if you have, like, a wizard pawn... And they, like, spend, like, 20 seconds or something charging up a spell. If they actually pull that off, you will see the boss's health, like, just vanish. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of funny. It's just like, oh, he had three health bars, now he has one. Ow. <laughs> he just got fucking wrecked. But, like, actually playing that class myself is just miserably boring because the charges are so slow. And you're just standing there. Yeah, and then you get hit and have to start all over. Oh, good. One of those games where the attack, where, where you get canceled. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll get fucking interrupted like nothing Yay. else. Yay. The other thing is that, like, the game is, there are kind of the scaped all equivalent mm-hmm. item, but 
if you die the player, it's just instant game over unless you have one of those. Yeah. But if your pawns die, you can just immediately pick them up and they'll be at half health. Huh. And so it's not even like, you know, like kind of Gears of War style, like you have to spend like five seconds picking them up. Yeah. It's instant. And oh, it just wow. Immediate, and it immediately brings them to half health. So it's just like, why would I ever play a mage and risk getting one-shotted? Because these guys are getting one-shotted all the time, but I can just pick them up instantly. Yeah, that's... So yeah, the Magic Knight was kind of a tanky class, so I'm like, this is a safe thing to go with. Yeah. So I'm not just miserable the whole game. Yeah, that makes sense. So the art style in the game is like the most generic oh, bland God. fantasy. Yeah. It's real terrible it's looking. It's so milk toast. it's indistinguishable. It's like a slightly better looking version of Oblivion, Blah. which is like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, but it's definitely that where it's just like the entire game is just nothing but great green fields and like blue skies and just like no color variation or location variation, really, Yuck. except for like a couple caves and mines and stuff. But the combat's real fun, and that's what really holds this whole thing together, so... At the start, though, I was having a lot of problems with it because I'm like, I thought this was an open world game. And it's like, it's an open world game kind of in theory, but there's like never, literally never any reason to do anything but follow the quests they give you. So there's not a world and nothing really to do in it. Yeah, there's nothing in it besides enemies. But then you just want to take a quest and have it point you where to go. And then like some stuff will only be open if you're on the quest it wants you to be on. So it's just like, oh, there's this cool tower over here, and you get there, and it's just like, there's nothing to do here, though. This door's locked. Great. That just sounds yeah. so boring. So it's just, it's not, it's really bad at being an open world game, basically. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so kind just... of like Japan's shtick is not really understanding open world. So th- that's a whole lot of this game is, it feels like Japan kind of looking at stuff like Skyrim, or not Skyrim, but Oblivion, and just kind of. Doing their own spin Trying on it. Trying to put their it, spin on it and not really getting what's yeah. supposed to make those games really, really tick. Yeah. And then doing kind of crazy things on the way. Like, you know what my favorite system in, like, the Skyrim and Fallout games is? Marriage. Uh, I, no. Okay. Encumbrance. Oh, boy! Everybody not loves only, being encumbered. Not only is that in this where every single item, including, like, healing items, has a weight. So it's actually, like, way worse than Demon Souls ever was. Mm-hmm. Like, all the discrete, uh, like, weight levels, like, you'll start at very light, then light, then medium, then heavy, you know, then over-encumbered. All of them directly affect your movement speed for, like, everything. Oh. So as soon as, I hit, as soon as you hit heavy, it's just like, oh, I have to throw some stuff off. Like, you can't even get to over-encumbered before. You're, like, you're running and walking speed will be noticeably slower, and it feels awful. Blech. And then, this applies to all your pawns as well. Oh, God! So mm. you've got four inventories to technically manage. Mm. <laughs> so, so 90% of the time, I don't give a shit what they're holding. Yeah. So that I can remain light. But then, also, if they die, oh. I don't actually know what happens to those items. Oh, I don't know if they just go to storage or if they're just gone. They might just be gone if somebody dies. Ouch. I'm gonna, that I'm has gonna happened. Play the game and just make my pawn always encumbered. That way, when people <laughs> goes into other people's games, it's super effective. I wonder if that would work. 
I don't think I actually don't think that would work because when you hire somebody, they just only have like whatever weapon and armor they had on. So all the pawns come as like very light. Oh, I see. yeah. So you got to give them their own heal healing items. Oh, but then sometimes they'll die. Oh, yeah, it's gone. Good stuff. That's good. So like there are very the quality of life issues in this game. Like the inventory is just kind of miserable because I think they were really going for like kind of a hardcore like manage how much how many healing items you're gonna bring before setting out on this grand adventure through this like big open world that takes you like 20 minutes to walk to the quest destination. Yeah. And like in the original version, it's like it's even super restrictive about fast travel. Yeah. Or like there's a limited number of fairy stones but then in the dlc they just give you an unlimited one yeah. which is nice that's probably a smart idea yeah and then there are there are like you can make your own waypoints but the item to make the waypoint is super rare that's dumb. so you only get like maybe five of them and then i just kind of put them all at the corners of the world smart so that yeah so like yeah the combat's real fun in this game like that is still the thing so about 25 hours in though i'm to like i'm realizing like just mainline the story like the, let's just finish this up let's just go fight so, that dragon and that dogma so yeah it literally just goes to the dragon fight like that's what it builds up towards and that the name of that quest is just the final battle oh. i'm like okay time to fight the dragon and be done yay the dragon fight is effing crazy Okay. For as, like, kind of slow-paced as this game was up to this point, besides, like, the big boss fights, the dragon fight, like, turns into Uncharted with swords. What? <laughs> Where it's, like... First you fight the dragon in, like, this interior thing, and it's, like... It does, like, kind of the Sonic adventure behind the camera. Like, he's chasing you from behind. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, you're dodging fireballs practically as he, like, chases you and tries to bite you. And then there's, like, a big open room fight... That yeah. doesn't last too long. And then it goes outside and you're just running on like the Great Wall of China, basically, <laughs> while he blows it the fuck up. <laughs> and it's just like platforming and just crazy stuff and explosions everywhere. And then you grapple onto the dragon and he flies into the sky. And there's just like a long, basically hold up QTE where you're just crawling on the scales on his back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then he flings you off, and, like, I thought he was going to eat me, and then you, like, stab him in the mouth, and he crashes down. Oh, my God. And then you act... It just goes nuts. And then you actually have, like, a proper, like, huge battle that lasts maybe, like, ten minutes at the end. You you beat the dragon! Yay! And... So this game goes places. We're not... We're, we're like, a third through now. Oh, so... my God! <laughs> this game has a fake-out ending. Nice! You kill the dragon... Uh -huh. And and it shows some credits. It shows, like, voice actor credits for some reason. Like, kind of the main characters and the voice actor. And you get back to the main town and, like, hey, you killed the dragon. Also, the world seems to be ending now for some reason. Oh, that's a bit of a problem. So, like, the day-night cycle just disappears. It turns to, like, permanent gray. And the main town also has a gigantic hole in it now. Ooh. And I'm, I'm going to have to spoil the story here because it just goes so weird. Okay. So you, you go back to the main town and you peer down in, into this hole and it does this big long zoom down, 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 down. And at the bottom is the back of your character's head. What? And then she turns around and looks up and there's kind of a hole in the sky above her. What the fuck? So, 
You know how in Dark Souls there was that weird explanation about, like, time is frozen here and how you can kind of see these phantoms for all different worlds? Yeah. Oh, jeez. This game kind of goes in that direction, but is much more literal, where all these online worlds and different people playing are actually all technically connected to each other. Oh, weird. Like, it's all one giant metaverse. <laughs> That's so, pretty cool, actually. It's yeah. really weird. So you just jump into this hole, and you can just fall forever and keep seeing the main town pass by every couple minutes. That's oh, weird. That's really awesome. It's so strange. And then, of course, in the hole, there's just a bunch of pawns who are just like, we're lost down here. Can you help us? <laughs> My master, he's uh, he's dead. Hey, Whoop. I'll join you. So you know how I said this game wasn't good at being an open world game? Yeah. It's like they realized that towards the end in this section, because this section known as the Everfall is just like a straight dungeon crawl oh. for a couple hours with like a ton of bosses. Like it's this game triples down on combat at this point. Where it's just like a whole bunch of rooms that are just like enemies, 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 boss, and then you do go to another one. It's almost like the uh kind of the randomly generated stuff in Bloodborne. The, the Chalice Dungeons. The Chalice Dungeons, yeah. And there's, like, a bunch of unique bosses that I hadn't seen before, like, harder versions of some stuff. And then there's one fucked up fight where it's just like, oh, hey, what if we throw, like, four things at you at once? And then I just get completely died, and then when I went back, it was gone. I was like, okay, that was weird. Strange. So the game is like, hey, we want you to, to collect 20 of Wake Stones which are like the skate doll item. Yeah. So up to this point, they've been super rare. I had like one the entire game, mm. and now it wants me to get 20. Oh. So that you do that, and it like summons a new portal to the end boss thing. And story gets even weirder here, where <laughs> you meet like the one true god of the entire multiverse, and he tells you that the whole Jeez. Arisen thing, like the whole dragon stealing your heart, was all, this whole thing was just a big test. Because we want you to become the new god. <laughs> and he gives you a choice, like turn around or accept it. And so there's there's a bunch of bad endings in this game, but I didn't go for any of them. So you accept it, you fight them. And it's like, it's super weird because you just went through this huge combat gauntlet. Yeah. And then the last boss is like weaker than the Demon Souls final boss, practically. Where like, he's just this total pushover. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. I entrust everything to you. Here's this magical sword, blah, blah, blah. Now you have to kill me with it. So you kill him, and then you become god of the world. Huh. And the game isn't over at this point. What? So you're just... <laughs> act so you, three. Act, act two and a half. Oh, you're in this my empty god. Void. You're in this empty void now. Just act you and your pawn. <laughs> yeah. You're in this empty void now with just you and your pawn. And there's a big chair, and when you, sit, when you sit in the chair, it teleports you to kind of the first village in the game where you started. But you're just invisible now, and you can't, like, interact with anybody. You can actually, you can smack people, but, like, they don't seem to know you're there. You're just kind of in stealth camouflage, basically. Because mm -hmm. your, your job now is to just watch over the world. Oh. And then when you try to leave the town, it just sends you back to the void area. And then if you sit down in the chair again, it sends you to the other town, where you're just this empty void. So I just keep doing this, and it's just like, as you keep going back, it alternates the two towns, Like, but the day-night cycle kind of keeps going. Uh -huh. Like, oh, now it's evening, now it's night, and then now it's day again. And I'm just like, uh, 
There's got to be a way yeah, out of like, this, right? Yeah, like, what's the point of this? So, the way to finish the game and get the true ending... I had to look this up, and then when I was like, that's the answer? Are you serious? You have to go into your inventory, take the sword that the guy had just given you to kill him, and kill yourself kill with yourself it. Kill yourself with it. Jeez. That's you pretty stab- amazing, honestly. You stab yourself, you break the cycle, you destroy, like, whatever reality is at this point. Yeah. And then you wake up at the start of the game, but your pawn's soul is inside of your character now. What the fuck? (laughs) They became a real human thanks to your actions. And that's the end. You know what? That's honestly kind of cool. So I'm just like, oh man, what the fuck? It's, It's a really weird ending. That's pretty rad, though. I really admire that. I think that's actually... More clever than you're gonna see a lot of in yeah. a lot of AAA games these days. Awesome. So then there's the DLC expansion, and that's Uh-oh. Act Three. Oh, so dear. I guess there was the original was Dragon's Dogma, and then there was Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, which added this huge like expansion area, yeah. which I think you could buy by itself if you had the original. Mm-hmm. But then that's that's the version that came to PC. Yeah. So you can access that at the start of the game, but. Obviously, having finished the game, you have to start New Game Plus, so it's fine that it's right there. Yeah. And New Game Plus doesn't actually make anything harder. I looked that up beforehand. So I was like, so what level do you want to be for the expansion? And people were like, oh, Capcom says 50. And I had finished the game at 51. So I'm like, oh, okay, they very obviously planned that (laughs) pretty well. But then the expansion is so fucking hard. Oh, no. (laughs) It is just... The, like, the first couple areas were just, like, this miserable slog of this being way, way too hard for me. Oh. And then me refusing to give up on it anyways. <laughs> so, like, this is the reason I've actually been playing the game so much. Because I think, like, a good half my playtime now is just in this one DLC dungeon that is way too damn hard. Oh, wow. But also... But also very, very big. But I've been at this for, like, several days now. Yeah. Just slowly inching my way forward through, yeah. like, oh, I got through this area. Oh, I finally beat that boss. And then, oh, this boss is fucked. I need to go grind a bit. Yeah. Like, I kind of start to get the Dark Souls comparisons because, mm-hmm. like, it's just, like, such overwhelming adversity that the game hadn't really had to this point. Yeah. And then some cool bosses. And, like, it felt like it got back to that whole, like dungeon splunking thing where like i have started to care about healing items again because oh my god like the npcs npcs just can't keep up a lot of the time yeah if you're getting hit for like 75 percent of your life and then they need to charge up for eight seconds to gas to heal that also doesn't heal immediately it like slowly fills your oh, life up one of those so yeah and there's another system in this game is that when you take damage there's kind of a gray life meter in between actual health and your full life bar. And that's how much health you can actually be filled up to with magic. Oh, I see. So if you keep getting hit and hit and hit and hit over and over and over, eventually you can only be healed to like half health. Yeah. And you have to use an item to get up back up at that point. I mean, that's, that's an interesting way to balance. Yeah, I don't actually mind that system, but it's also like, oh, you're really killing me on encumbrance when you yeah. got to carry all the CLMs. 
so I've been struggling with this dungeon for a while. Like I started at 51 and I'm up to level 68 now. So mm -hmm. the f the first few floors are definitely way they're doable now, doable, basically. Yeah. I'm like I can so I got to the end boss of this thing and it's just not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, "Oh, I just might be done at this point." Oh no. You can't tap out now, Rhett. Yeah. Okay, so I just I'm level 68 now. Mm -hmm. I looked I googled a YouTube video of this boss and it's a level 100 guy. Oh, fuck. Take, taking 15 minutes to kill this boss. Holy fuck! Like, it is serious shit. <laughs> that I'm just sounds like, a tad ridiculous. I just, I don't really have the patience for this. Yeah. Because then, then, here's the craziest oh, part. no. I guess if you kill this boss, it kind of sets the, uh, the expansion dungeon to New Game Plus. But where it's actually a harder version of it. What? Yeah, so... What's the comparison? Uh, like, Ghosts and Goblins, I think, is the comparison now. If you go through it again on the harder version, there's a different final boss at the end to get a second en to get a second DLC ending. Level 300. So, I actually did look up a video of somebody fighting that boss in their uh, level 130. And I'm just like, no! No! And that then, sounds miserable. Some of the YouTube comments are like, oh yeah, I spent like two hours fighting this boss and lost. I'm less like, nope, nope. That's not a commitment I want to make. Yeah, I just, th there's a point in this game where I'm just like, this is an offline game, you guys. Like, I don't understand making it this whole like, hundred hour grind thing. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like, really misguided. Yeah, the game, like, if it was an online game... Fucking A, I'd be so in to, like, play with other people and, like, not have to deal with the idiotic pawns. Yeah. But, like, it just doesn't make sense to me as a single-player game to be this difficult and this kind of grindy. Yeah. Because it's not really great as a loot game. Like, there's just not a ton of items. Yeah, it's like, really at least if in. you had, like, little goals you could set for yourself along the way. Yeah. Or if you were finding things that kind of made the journey... A little less yeah. tedious, or at least you feel some kind of progression, whereas this just kind of sounds like a slog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found, like, two items or some something, like, the whole time I've been in this area that were better than my current stuff. Yuck. That's, pretty, just like, that's pretty miserable. One of the other problems mm -hmm. is that, like, there's an upgrade system, but then when you actually kill the dragon, it sets all the stuff you had on to level four, uh -huh. which was, like, a previously unseen level, like... Before it was like, oh, your stuff is level zero, and then you can go to one, two, or three, depending on like what items you have to upgrade it. But then the dragon sets it to Dragon Forge, which is level four. But then it's like, oh, now I'm definitely not going to find anything better than all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you've basically because, like, locked yourself in. Yeah, that's basically what happened. So that's shitty. It's it sucks to tap out at the last boss. Like I can do damage to him. Some of these mm -hmm. DLC bosses at the start, I was just like smack zero damage. I'm like, oh great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like having a boss that can just basically one shot you if you fuck up, and take 15 minutes to kill. It's just that's uh, not really fun. Uh, it's not fun at this point. And I've seen like 99 percent of the content. Yeah, nobody's gonna hold it against you if you give up that. <laughs> I think. Like, so I can see my friend's pawns on Steam, like, mm -hmm. who else was playing this game, and, like, Dr. No tapped out at level 55 yeah. without doing DLC. So it's, I'm the highest one now. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Nice. You're the king. You're the king of the hill. It's all you needed. Level sixty-eight out of two hundred. You got it. You got to get one I'm more. Not... You got to get one more. Okay, I'll do that for you. There you go. <laughs> Ether level sixty-nine. There you go. So yeah, that's that's the one game I played this week nice. besides like twenty minutes of Toho. Nice. Um, thanks, for, thanks to y'all for carrying that conversation because that day quote kind of kicked in and I'm uh-oh. just like, oh, <laughs> So, I'm sorry that I kind well, of maybe I can Maybe I can wake you back up. Maybe All I can right. pull you back in. Come on, John. Right, pull me back in. Head the game. Come on. <laughs> get my, get my, get my head in the game. Get my, get my, get my, get my head in the game. You're head boy. Come on. I'm head boy. Oh, that's better than, that's better than baby boy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Head boy. I'll, you'll still always be our douchebag baby boy, though. So, earlier this year, you might have remembered that I played a fun little visual novel slash courtroom drama slash weird minigame thing called Danganronpa. Who remembers that? Yeah, Danganronpa. I do. <laughs> Danganronpa was... Pretty damn good, turns out. I'd, I'd heard nothing but hype about that game for, like, years. And um, I finally got around to playing the sequel, Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. Um, awesome. And, man, this mm-hmm. wow. Woof. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a game. Holy crap. <laughs> so, you like it more than the first one? I, whoa. Whoa. It's so hard to decide. Um, but just to kind of go over it a bit, um, Danganronpa 1, it has, oh, like, even though the circumstances and the storyline and all of the characters, there's a lot of exaggeration to it. It is very grounded. Like, there's, it still feels like it's, it, it's got a few fingers grasping reality. It's still kind of holding things in as best as it can. Like, it still feels grounded. It still feels believable. It still feels real to some degree. From the jump, from the very moment it starts, Danganronpa 2 is absolute absurdity. Like, it, like, from the characters... To the mm-hmm. situation you find yourself in, it's taking everything that the first game did and just completely either going in the opposite direction of it on purpose, or it's turning it on its head in a very, very interesting way. And it's 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 so just absolutely nutty. Like like this game's story goes so many places. <laughs> Like the but it's just like I marathoned the last seven hours of the game and didn't know it was going to be seven hours and like by the time I stopped playing it was eight the next morning. Uh, Whoops! I messaged you like, did you just stay up all night and not sleep? And you're like, yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's oh my god, but but like, so it's 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 a lot of a similar thing. Like it's these characters that have been put in. They've been brought to a tropical island uh, this time instead of just being uh, constrained to a school. And they're put in a very similar game of, like, you're all stuck here, and the only way you're getting out is if you can kill somebody and get away with it. 
Um, and if you kill somebody and get away with it, you get to leave and everybody else dies. But if they figure out that you're the killer, you're the one that's punished and everybody else wins, but they have to stay. So the only way to get off the island is to kill somebody. Um, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and over the course of the game, you go through these, you know, visual novel storylines of getting to know the characters, getting to know this island, like what the fuck is going on here? Um, and you participate in class trials, which are a way more stylized and interactive version of something you would see in like Phoenix Wright, where like the characters are just very animated and like you're not just looking at boring text boxes. Text is just flying all over the screen and like you present your evidence as truth bullets and you gotta shoot the weak points in someone's argument and it's still that very same kind of setup, but like but like I said, from the jump, everything is just crazier, and there's a reason for it. But like, like even this, like the the reason the characters are there is just like some of them are still like grounded in reality. Like you got like the ultimate musician or like the ultimate princess, but then it's just like oh, the ultimate yakuza. Like what? <laughs> like can anybody just get into this fucking school and just be like good at something? Like. <laughs> I'm really good at eating moon pies. I am the ultimate moon pie eater. Um, And, like, the thing that really strikes me about this game is just how it, it, it just assumes that you've already played the first game. Like, it doesn't hold back at all because the trials, the cases, the murders, everything is taken to just a higher level of complexity. Like, figuring out a a lot of these mysteries and and how a lot of these crimes occurred and how they either tried to cover it up or how they failed to cover it up, it's just so much more... I've got to sit here and think way fucking harder now because, like... and, And I like that because, like, every Phoenix Wright game feels like it's holding your hand until the halfway point. The halfway point or yeah. even later sometimes, where this game just jump like, okay, you know what truth bullets are, you know how to shoot down the truth, all of that fun stuff. And and they've done some things to kind of liven up the trial atmosphere. Um, and, and so, so like, there's a new element where, like, like in these games, they always t- tend to like put the onus on you to prove things or to point out the big important facts. And now it's just like there's an agree bullet or, or it's just like an agree system or you can agree with statements where somebody else can be the one to pop up and be like, I made this point and you can like agree with it and you can back them up. So I, mm-hmm. I think that that kind of keeps things a little more lively than And there's also rebuttal showdowns where like you'll make a point and you know it's the right point. But they will cut in and be like, no, that's bullshit. And you have to like do a <laughs> and you have to do like a one on one battle of wits with them where it's sort of like it symbolizes you like literally cutting through their statements with a sword. And it's just real <laughs> fucking silly. Um, and then you know what that reminds me of Zoomy Neko. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, cool. It really. You know what? Like the way a lot of this shit plays out, like in the Danganronpa games, it's very, yeah. very similar to Umineko because, like, the truth statements are blue. Oh, geez, really? <laughs> yeah, like so. If, like, if it's a statement that you can Ooh. agree with, and you, you like you present the evidence to back it up, it's blue. <laughs> do you get a golden sword at the end? Uh no, no, you Aww. do not. 
But it's yeah, but yeah, you hack through their statements. You have to cut <laughs> them to pieces. You shoot their statements if they're lies. <laughs> it's um, they brought um, there's a new one called Logic Dive where um, it's a mini game where you're you're like in a tube and you're on like a hoverboard <laughs> what a, and and yeah. you're dodging obstacles <laughs> and making doing sick jumps. It's well, I, what this has to do with the court case, I fucking don't know. Um, and then, and then, like at various checkpoints, you will because you don't have direct evidence to 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 to, uh, to support the claim that you're trying to logic out. So to like get people to kind of buy into the 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 the, the story you're trying to spin, you have to logic it out. Like so, it'll be like you, you'll hit a checkpoint and it'll ask you a question, like will like. What was the most important part of this the you know this crime scene or, or this investigation that you saw or whatever or be like where where do you think blah 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 was at this time and then like to answer the question you have to move to a side of the tube and if you're right you continue and if you're wrong you fall off and have to try to answer again and like each like they're all pres- so it's like you know like you know it'll have like three multiple choices so you'll have three different spots you can move to, and then like you just move to the one that corresponds yeah. to the answer that they give you. Um, and then there's like the stuff that they didn't make better. Uh, there's a there's a new Hangman's Gambit. Uh, it's called Improved Hangman's Gambit. The original Hangman's Gambit <laughs> was easy. It was just it, it's Hangman. Like you they, huh? Like you have to like like there's a keyword that you've got to think of. And they'll throw it down at the bottom, then they'll fill in a couple of letters to help you out, and then you just shoot down the letters in the order that you need to get them to appear in the word. That's simple. So, improved Hangman's Gambit. I'm, I'm putting a lot of quotes around improved, because <laughs> it's really not fun, and it's very tedious. Um, so, you get all your letters at the bottom, and you get no help at all. So, you get no letters starting out. And letters will just start flying in from the sides of the screen. Just various letters. And if they crash into one another, it does damage to you. But you can pick the letters up and put them in a different part of the board, and they'll continue floating along their way. You have a couple of options here. You can either take, and you can only match letters of the same letter. So if you've got an R, I've got to shoot an R with another R. So I'll pick up the R, drop it on the R, and shoot it. And that'll get rid of it. Or you, or if it's part of the word, you pick up the R, drop it on the R to create a bigger one because it, you can't just shoot individual letters. You've got to, you've got to stack it once first, and then you press uh, the Y button to shoot it properly to bring it down into the word. And um, a lot of them can be way longer than they need to be. Like I think one of the last ones is something like fifteen letters, and. You don't always get the letters you need. You can mm, run into some real what? dry spells here. I'm talking like a minute at a time of just like Whoa. moving letters around that I don't need, getting rid of them, clearing them off the board, or just letting them hit me because I like I found an ability that just like whenever I slow down time, I could just like get health back. So I was like, fuck it, whatever. I don't even worry about it anymore. Um so, like, that's just, so, like, some of the little mini-games that they added. I think the mini-games overall are not as good, uh, but I don't think uh-huh. it really detracts from the game that much at all. Um, th- there's a new way of doing your closing arguments where 
you have to kind of fill it. You have to put the whole story of what happened together with little manga panels, and <laughs> you get like a little. They, they put like five or six little panels at the bottom of the screen and you have to drag them to the manga but you don't get them in order like like the panels that you have could be like in the middle or the later part of the story so you've kind of got to keep scrolling back and forth to see what panels you have and some of the panels you have are fakes and don't fit anything at all and you have to do that like three or four times until the story's filled out. Like Danganronpa's really fucking weird, you guys. Okay? Yeah, this sounds <laughs> really crazy. It's crazy, but let me assure you, it is really fucking good. Like, awesome. the, the, the the trials themselves are just super fun to logic out. They're really just so smart, and you feel real good, like, when you figure it out. And the game also, like... It loves presenting you things and making you think you're smart, and then moments later, hand-waving that shit away like it was nothing. Like, you, awesome. you think you're so fucking smart. It's like, oh, I figured this shit out. I'm so smart. And then it'll just like, oh, by the way, that actually doesn't mean anything, so don't worry about it. And you're just sitting there like, man, fuck you, oh. game. I hate you being <laughs> smarter than me. Don't do that. Uh, but so... Is this game good about like checkpoints if you fail at something? Oh, you, if you like run out of life or something, you just you just start the current sequence over. That's it. It's and how long is right now? Pardon? How long would those be? Like what? a sequence? Like it's just the current argument. Like if you're just like okay. So like every so like if you're in, in an argument or something and you fail out of it, it'll be like, do you want to retry? And then like the argument will just start over. Okay. So it's Is one no of the, big deal. Yeah. One of the things that bugged me about Phoenix Wright was that like. Anytime I did anything that would possibly lose me health, I would just, just want to save. Just reset. Yeah, yeah, save, and then if I fuck it up, just reset because you don't want to lose the health. Because if you lose, if you game over it in that, boy, you'd be going back a bit. Yeah, and it's like was... straight up guilty. Like no matter yeah. what, like that's it. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like they never fix that shit either. It's still the same. Yeah. You think that they would have thought Weird. something different? But so this um, sounds much better on the gameplay front. Yeah, oh, it's way better. I I really think Danganronpa is better than than what Phoenix Wright has become. Like, like Phoenix Wright one and three are like top tier shit. Yeah, but like Danganronpa kind of just blows the rest of those games out of the water. I think. Gotcha. Cool. Just in terms of its style, its mm-hmm. story, the way like its characters are just you get so attached to these characters, knowing that somebody <laughs> you love dearly is probably going to die and you don't want it to happen it's <laughs> probably going to fucking happen because these games are i mean the central theme of these games is hope versus despair and, and murder oh that's my shit that's my shit yeah and 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 this game really loves pushing that despair button <laughs> boy oh boy does it ever um, basically every time i've googled like a character's name from this series it auto-completes at, with death at the end, and I'm just like, oh. It even happens for characters that don't die. It's just oh, that's like, great. Yeah. But I just was, I'm just like, you know what? Just everybody dies in this game. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> it's oh, just funny God. where it's so easily spoiled, it seems. Yeah. That's, a, that's another... Like, oh, yeah, that character, dead. That character, death. That, that's another thing that I will, I, I will say is, like, don't ever fucking wikipedia look up anything at all about danganronpa if you're going to play these games because you're going to get spoiled because the fan base are complete idiots and don't know how to fucking let people play the games for themselves 
because they feel so important that they know something. I only yeah, say this. this game. <laughs> I say this because I have a friend that had been streaming uh, Danganronpa 1, and there was this guy in his chat that was just so fucking incessant about it. He's just like, he literally was going to die if he couldn't spoil something. And at one point, he's just like, I can't stand this anymore, and just blurts out one of the biggest fucking reveals in the game. I'm like, you fucking moron. Weirdo. Danganronpa fans are fucking stupid. I, I think super fans of anything get real bad. They do, yeah. but it's just like, this series, Dark Souls, like, they can't let people just play a fucking game. They've got to let everybody know that they know the right way to play it, or they know what happens next, because they're so fucking important. Apparently Steven Universe fans hate Lapidot now. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're stupid. Yep. But So um, just talking about awful super, super fans... But, yep. but um, I absolutely and positively in love with this game. I think it's just, it's so incredible how, like, they make this huge leap from a game that was pretty well grounded, felt believable, and then they make this very just absurd, almost alien setting that's just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And it's just Oh my like, god, they're aliens. No, they're not aliens. Uh. But... But but then it's just like, you know, the whole game, I'm sitting there thinking, like, why is this game so much more absurd and just, like, completely just off of its fucking nut? And it's just like, oh, no, there's a reason for that. Like, oh, you game, you just... Game, fuck you, you are crazy. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go take a nap. <laughs> but it's just... I've heard the second game has lower lows than the first one, but higher highs. Do you agree with that? I think that both games are equally comparable. Like, I don't really feel mm. like... I don't know what cool. the lows would be, because I enjoyed every chapter of both games oh. immensely. Cool. I've I've just heard a lot of bitching about, like, something like 2 and 3 in chapters 2 and 3 in Danganronpa 2 being mm -hmm. bad, but then it gets good at the end. Oh, it... Ooh. Woo! Could but that's good that you like the whole thing through. Yeah, I like both games all the way through. I think they're just super solid. The stories are good. The characters are just so fascinating and easy to, to just like... Just like, I want to love all these characters! They deserve... Dead. They're yeah. all dead. And then they're dead. And, and then you're like, man, game! Stop it. And then the game's like, oh, by the way, despair, motherfucker. <laughs> So speaking of despair, um, so mm -hmm. I, I couldn't get enough Danganronpa in my life. So I went ahead and was just like, man, let's check out that Danganronpa 3 anime because what's weird about an anime that's actually a sequel to the games? That's a weird direction to go. So I, I feel like Zero Escape almost went this route too with it, not being able to get the third game made. Yeah, it, it very well probably could have gone that direction, I think. And, and mm -hmm. um, But yeah, like, Danganronpa 3 is uh, an anime. And uh, I've only watched uh, the first arc so far, which is uh, the Despair arc. Uh, it uh, kind of lives up to its name. Uh, <laughs> it left me feeling real bad after watching it. <laughs> uh, but it's just... I find it so strange that, like, this is a video game anime, and these are typically terrible. Uh-huh. Um, 
And Danganronpa had a terrible And Danganronpa had a terrible retelling of the first game that I have no interest in ever seeing. Um, But this is like a prequel and a sequel. So it takes place, like the, the despair arc takes place prior to the events of Danganronpa 2. Oh, and, um, interesting. And it, 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 and then the future arc takes place after Danganronpa 2 and is the completion of the entire Hope's Peak saga. Huh. Uh, and it is very huh. well done so far. Um, like, it's directly supervised by the writer of Danganronpa. And, um, like, everything about it is just really classy. Like, they're... It doesn't feel like they've taken any real liberties with the material or tried to animate it up more so than <laughs> the games are already. Yeah, it uh-huh. doesn't sound like they can get much more animated than the second game already. Oh, God, dude. Like, you get to the last half of that second game. You <laughs> fucking want some anime in your video games. Danganronpa 2's got it. In I, spades. I like anime. You do. In I spades. know you do. I know you also love... When, when when main themes get reprised at oh, climactic God. moments. <laughs> guess what these games do? And guess how they don't awesome do that because dis- they do that for like ten seconds, then cut it off because despair. <laughs> that would be funny. No, they keep it going because uh, God, these games are good. So, Fuck. do you think it would be possible or like make any sense to watch the despair arc before playing the second game? No, just as. Okay. You, there, okay. There is knowledge in Danganronpa 2 that you have to know. You have to, like, understand why the story is being told the way it's being told. It, it, it's just that, like, there's no way you could watch this anime and know what the fuck is going no. on at all. Even if you, like, play the first game and then watch the Despair anime, which no. is a prequel to 2? Okay. No, because there's just so much knowledge that you need. You you have to understand where these characters are going to understand why they're at in this anime, like why they're doing what they're doing with that despair arc. Okay, it's it's so like you've got to take these things like kind of just in the order released. But what's yeah. weird though about the Danganronpa anime is that like the despair arc and the future arc technically aired at the same time, just three days apart. So, like, there would be, like, Despair Episode 1 and then Future Episode 1. And yeah. it just seems so weird trying to watch it like that. So, I just, like, I just, like, I'm just, like, watching one arc at a time. And I finished yeah. the Despair arc. I'm a couple of episodes into uh, the Future arc. But I'm not really going to talk much about the anime until yeah. I've actually finished it. Because I kind of want to take it all in as a whole before I really uh, pass any kind of judgment on it. But So, uh, I... I... I didn't know that those took place at different times, so it does sound like the future arc is kind of the actual end. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If the other one's a prequel. Yeah. That makes it easier to figure out which one to watch first. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, what? Because I was like, kind of just like, how do I watch this? Yeah. I, I was so confused, and then I was just like, well, I'm watching them on Funimation's website, because so, it's free there if you've played the games and you still need more or you're not sure if there was more afterward it's free on Funimation's website uh, for uh, time being so as of the time of this recording anyway um, but it's it's proven really good it's definitely quality like it lives up to the games in terms of being what you want it to be so it's real rad um, that's so fucking cool and 
I want you guys to play Tanganropa. It's so good. Steam I sale. Bring it on. Yep, Steam sale. It's coming up. It's real good shit. Everybody go play Danganronpa. It's it's just... Good fucking thinking. Yeah, it's just great visual novel, great storytelling, awesome characters, just real fun mechanics to wrap your head around. Just like I think this is just going to be a fun period in my future. <laughs> yeah, I think you I think really you'll thoroughly enjoy it. it, and uh, I think it's one of those games you would probably just want to play with Anna because I think that it's got yeah. the, I think it's got the character hooks, and it's got a lot of like think it out stuff that's probably it would probably be really fun to kind of like logic out with another person there to bounce off of and think mm-hmm. about cool plus she's really good at mysteries there you go she would awesome. it'd be interesting to see if she could figure out like what's going on here at hope's peak academy huh whereas i'm just like oh ace seems nice there you go <laughs> yeah ace is such a good guy <laughs> oh i love this adachi fella so fun be around just the fun cop <laughs> <laughs> so that's that i think that's everything everybody's been into right yeah yeah hey guys yeah. i'm really sorry i'm sorry i flagged an energy there at the end of just <laughs> well don't worry John. Under the weather. <laughs> i'm gonna continue trying to cheer you up because guess what i got all right i got some right. butt steam fuck yeah fuck yeah butt steam so, Conan <laughs> O'Brien, Conan, Conan O'Brien, Steam. Oh no, Conan O'Brien played Final oh, no. Fantasy 15 on his Clueless Gamer segment of his show. Oh no, <laughs> this didn't set well with some people. So he he did not like that game. No, he didn't. <laughs> Which makes sense because it's a super long JRPG, and they just kind of set him down in the middle. Yeah. And he had no idea what was going on, and he called it an aggressive waste of time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I picked I picked a short butt steam because I just I love it when people defend things like this. It's so funny to me yeah. that people get so invested in a way that this person it, did. And it's in just a game that come out yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a game this person hasn't even played yet. I love it. I, I love this post so much with all the fiber beating. So here we go. Here we go. Is there anything we can do to stop this? Final <laughs> Fantasy XV is too important to be sabotaged by the ill-informed rants of an uncultured Western talk show host. I, <laughs> I felt sickened just seeing all the hard work of Tabata-san and others being insulted like when they use honorifics, it's so fucking good. <laughs> Western talk show hosts. And this too. guy, and this guy is probably in the U.S. And yeah. I just, I love it when Westerners use the fucking honorifics like this. Like they're just so ingrained in that culture. Like, yeah, I, me and Tabata-san, we hang out at the... Our butts. Oh my god. Notice me, senpai. It's just, I love people that just aggressively defend things in this way. Like, it's something so fucking sacred. Like, Was we, that it, or is there more? That's it. Oh, okay. But it's just, I just, I liked this one because it was so, it's just the perfect example of what I am talking about, of just that, just, God, you sound so fucking pathetic. Yep. His, yep, name yep, is, yep. his name is Wolf Howl with two double <laughs> with two W's in the L. Wolf Howl? Yeah. Oh weird. 
Wolf H O W W L, and a, he's got he's got a lightning avatar. That makes me angry. Because I like lightning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 butt steam. Butt steam. So let's move it on to a couple bits of news. We got some news. We had some late breaking uh, news. Oh we had boy. some late breaking news oh, no. prior to the podcast. Oh yeah. Prior to the podcast, we got um, uh, uh, an announcement from uh, NIS America. That Danganronpa, another episode, Ultra Despair Girls, will be coming to PC uh, in summer of 2017, and will also be released on the PS4 uh, earlier in the year next year. So that's Excellent. pretty rad. Um, this that is, is rad. Uh, Danganronpa, another episode, Ultra Despair Girls, is a third-person shooter where you play as the sister of the first game's protagonist. Um, and you get a megaphone kind of thing, and you shoot... I just want to shoot dance bullets at Monokuma's, man. That's all I want to do. It's cute. Monokuma is so adorable. He loves he loves movies because they're very dramatic. <laughs> he needs he needs a box of tissues. One he needs two boxes of <laughs> tissues, one for each head. Oh my god! <laughs> That's an actual yeah. line in the game. Ooh. Do you think? that line was kind of referring to how he split down the middle. See, like, it's hard to say, because like, he's also he's also said a lot, like, in the script, in the other game as well, he says a lot of very weird sexual things <laughs> that are just funny. <laughs> you Maybe it was that just fluffy ass. Knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, so yeah, Ultra Despair Girls, like, I know a lot of people seem to not really like it. But I just kind of, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to see more Monokuma and Toko is in it. She's one of my favorite characters uh, from the first game, and she's she is just a fucking cinnamon roll. She's it, so is Carrie Gary in it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Not playable, more than likely, because I, I think know. I think you only play as Makoto's sister. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks like a decent little thing to just play with and enjoy if you want more of those characters. And I absolutely yeah. love those characters. Why wouldn't I want more of that? So I, I will definitely be picking that up next year and uh, giving it a whirl. Looks fun. Looks fun. So we got more news. Got speaking more news. of another game you're picking up next more year. News. Speaking of another game you're picking up next year, guess what? Persona 5 got delayed. Oh! You're gonna be picking up a little later now. A little later now, April fourth, twenty seventeen. It got pushed back from Valentine's Day, unfortunately. That is a real big bummer. But hey, our, our, our good pal Xander Mobus. He's uh, he's uh, voicing the main protagonist of the game, though. That's pretty cool. Oh really? Cool. Yep. 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 He was the voice of Umio in Mega Dimension Neptunia. I saw a compilation of like all the Persona Five release dates. Oh it's yeah, it's like, pretty sad. Was it winter? Winter twenty fourteen. Then winter twenty fifteen. Winter twenty. Summer twenty sixteen. Yeah, then February twenty seventeen. Now April twenty seventeen. Persona Five delays. God, it's so sad. Just I want that game and I want it now. I watched. I watched. Uh, I watched a duo. He has the Japanese version, and he played about an hour of it on his stream once. It's just like, oh my god, this game looks so fucking amazing. It's just so stylish. The worst part about this one, 
The worst part now is that it's out in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Uh. It's like, this delay is purely for the English version. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. It's a bummer. But, but I... I hate that I have to wait, but... I mean, I, I guess... It's gonna yeah. be real good when it comes out. Exactly. I got Final Fantasy XV to keep me busy. How about that? Yeah. There you go. When does that come out? Is I that soon? Des- I guess it's soon. I think it's December 5th or something. Wait, really? Yeah. It got delayed too. <laughs> I did? Yep. I, did, I missed that. It was supposed to come out. It was supposed to come out like I think the fourteenth uh, of this month, and it got pushed back a month. What is happening to release dates? Where like games are coming out in December, Persona's coming out in April, Nintendo's new system is coming out in March. Like yeah, guys, it's so weird. Do you, do you know what Christmas is? Do you know how important Black Friday is? No, it's just like, I, I, you know what, like, I can't, I don't even say that stuff anymore because, like, when I buy a game, I want it to not be shitty and buggy. Yeah. Like, and, like, it's such a weird, because I have to imagine Persona 5 has either gone gold or is close to going gold because they've got to go into production soon. Uh Uh-huh. So something, like, really weird must have come up the last minute and they've got to fix it or something. Final Fantasy XV got delayed because they had to add those 17 DLCs. <laughs> that was so dumb. Love that. Wait, like, really? A day after, a day after Final Fantasy XV um, got announced as being delayed, it was like, oh, by the way, here's 16 DLCs we're announcing now. Oh Jesus! Yeah, That's it's, it's, it's not a good look. It's like mighty number no. nine levels of shit heal. <laughs> Which is the gold standard for Shin Heal. Exactly. Actually, I think No Man's Sky has claimed that now. You know, you gotta... (laughs) Still waiting on those bases, Sean. Can't wait to build some bases and own some freighters, like you said before the game came out. That that would be in the first update. Yeah. Still waiting, buddy. Yeah. So one more bit of news. I guess I'm doing the news this time. Alright, cool. Yeah, you add all these. Alright, um... Wii U production ends after Nintendo denies that it's ending! Yeah, that was real stupid. That was real weird. So, like, last month, uh, like, a weird thing, rumor, quote-unquote, was going around that Nintendo was going to stop production of the Nintendo Wii U on, like, November 5th. And Nintendo was like, nope, nope, that's, that's absolutely false. And then, uh, last week, they're like, oh, uh, uh, uh just a second, uh, Wii U, we're not going to be making that no more. I don't know why they would deny that. Like, that thing's dead. The Switch is coming out in a few months. Yeah, just... Yeah, it's so weird. Man, poor Wii U, huh? I guess. I mean, it's just... They doomed it from the start with that dumb fucking name. Mm -hmm. That dumb name and that controller. And that that controller. That controller that you can't buy extras of, so... Keep yeah. them in good condition, people. If you actually want to play those games, jeez. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy one when they're like a hundred dollars just to play the games that I want to play. I don't I, know if that's ever gonna happen. Now I keep waiting for like that fire sale. Maybe after the Switch is out. I'm pretty sure that like with this thing going out of production soon, like those things are gonna start dropping like fucking Dreamcasts did. I got five Dreamcasts, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Brand new. They're still in the boxes. Like there was like a fire sale. There were forty bucks, and I was just like, "I'll buy them all." 
They were like, I bought one real cheap. <laughs> and they were like, what? Why do you need five of these? It's like, dude, I'm going to play Fantasy Star Online forever. I probably played Fantasy Star Online maybe three months after that. <laughs> Man, that's good stuff. But, the, but then, you know, games get ported, so, like, Fantasy Star got ported to Dreamcast, and then, yep. or not Dreamcast, to GameCube. To GameCube. Everything from the Wii U of Worth is probably going to end up on Switch. More than likely, yeah. Jeez. And I kind of hope so, like, it, boy, it's going to suck if something like Wonder, Wonder, Wonderful 101... Yeah. Bayonetta 2. And Bayonetta 2, like... I Games hope those like don't that, I don't want those to be lost. Yeah. Especially on this hardware that, like, requires this super weird controller that yeah. is probably more prone to breaking than other old controllers. Let's oh, say that. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely agree there. John has a Wii U and never plays Mario Maker. I know! What so the fuck? Sad. It makes me hate him. So, like, he has a Vita. And, like... Neptune vs. Sega Hard Girls is out and he won't let me have his Vita because he's a prick. I'll let this guy host a podcast with me and this is what I get. I'm just sitting here kind of zonked out on cough syrup feeling so upset right <laughs> Hey, John. Yeah? Let, 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 me borrow your, uh, let me borrow your Vita. Okay. All right! <laughs> I mean, he won't remember this in the morning but I can play it back to him later. And he'll feel real guilty if he doesn't actually do it. I know. Remember how what? I know how John works. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just I'm very. I'm very manipulative. Manipulable. Manipulatable. Is it manipulatable or is it manipulable? What? Let's Good. pause. Good. For Ten full seconds. <laughs> Let's pause for a blaze for a blaze on level amount of time while we all. <laughs> Google. I think we all. I think all podcasts need the blaze on level pause. pauses. They, we don't Let's call, call that the blaze on pause, anymore. which is always a good sign that it's time to move on. <laughs> the next topic. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I don't. What think, I can't wait for. What can't you wait what? for? I can't wait for that 3DS version of Mario Maker that doesn't have level making in it. But it's got level making. Oh. Yeah, oh, it doesn't have shit. Well, it doesn't have a point. Like, what's the point? Exactly. Like, you can still make courses, but what's the fucking point? Oh, that is... Like, how could they fuck it, that up so bad? How could they how fuck that up just, so bad? Just hold it for Switch. What are they doing? Yeah, like, this just... I don't even understand this from a cash grab perspective. Hmm. I just don't. <laughs> I getcha. Another know, thing that leaked today is that people who think... The new Pokemon is gonna be on Switch. Oh yeah, third, Pokemon Stars because the others are Sun or Sun. Yeah, and Sun, yeah. And nobody cares because it's Pokemon, really. No, they're all double dipping. We're getting Sun and Moon tomorrow. <laughs> Feels good. Oh, that's gonna make for a fun next podcast. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to accidentally miss the next podcast. <laughs> Whoops. We'll have a very special fun time next episode, I promise you, because, oh, because there's something yeah. real cool that we're, we're, we're hoping is going to happen. I'm pretty sure. I think we've got it locked in. So you guys are going to enjoy it. Um, but I don't think we have any more news, do we? 
No. Doesn't look like and, it. And we have no emails. No emails, no questions. But if you have any of those, what you can do, you can send us an email to podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. Or you can ask us on the old Twitter box at SMPS underscore updates. And if you got butt steam, send it to poly at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. You can just send me a link or a screenshot. And I'll read the internet's dumb words. And with that, we got a podcast. But before we go out of here, before we get out of here, you got your game of the year list. Three games. Three. Only three. Right? A little <laughs> bit. A little bit. A little bit. Not a lot of bit. A little bit. Send that yeah. to pot. Send that to podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy.net, and we will read it. <laughs> Get those to us before December fifteenth. Those things need to be in by the night of December fifteenth, because we're going to be recording them on the sixteenth. So, send yeah, them in. That late. makes sense. Yeah, send them in late. Tough shit. So, John Thire, <laughs> where, where can we, we find, find you? Where can we find you? Faraway times. Dot com and Sleepy Land. What? No. I don't Sleepy know Time Junction. Yeah, I felt I was about ready to collapse when I got home and I made some tea and I felt very proud of myself for how long I held in there for being <laughs> kinda of sick. You know, you held you held an acceptable amount of energy for being sick. <laughs> in, a, in an episode that seemed to just be high energy anyway. <laughs> yeah. Rhett, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me trolling Celestial Blade Zero on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me at twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick. Bringing them all back! I think note. dogs should vote. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.